Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. It's Christine and her sidekick, me. It's Christine and all the invisible spirits in her room from her pictures. Hey, it's Christine and a dried up little lemon. It's Christine and her baby who, if you rearrange the letters in her name, spells Halloween. Hey. Okay, thank God. We finally finished our... um... Our rehearsal for the live show. Thank you, Emily. Oh, was that it? Now. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you're, oh, shoot, we're recording already? Well, I guess you all got a sneak peek into our live show, our live tour. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Can you imagine if it's, my uh... whole job on tour is to just come out and sing that and then I walk off and it's all you? Actually, that sounds pretty great. <laughs> I was going to say, that's like your dream. Um, wow. Okay. That was beautiful, Em, and I, I feel like everyone really appreciated it. So yeah, well, you know, I thought I think you of all people probably appreciated it, but every now and then you need someone to just butter you up. So in case you haven't been buttered recently, my little roll. Um, so nice. I just want to let you know that you're on my mind at, at least in four bars or whatever that, the the music <laughs> that phrase is, is. The kindest thing anyone has ever said to me. Um, speaking of butter, why don't I eat some snacks? Just kidding. Apparently, I keep eating during the episode. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. Poor Eva had to bring it to our attention then and was like, um, and I was like, oh, I know that's me. I'm sorry. I sometimes eat a piece of candy and I just assume I'm going to be muted. But like, I guess, I I guess why would I be muted? I don't know. I I don't know where in my head I decided it was okay to eat candy while we record like seven years into the podcast. So I apologize. Um, I won't be doing that anymore. (laughs) I, until all of a sudden you're just I, I'll know you're not listening to me anymore when you start aimlessly just fidgeting with like a candy wrapper which is even say, worse to me something I have like such like I just I feel like I always as you know M has M has witnessed something that like rarely people have witnessed it's like when I do notes or when I'm like reading something on the oh, computer God. I have like this like clicking compulsion like you've you've had to go to therapy for it I think or talk about yeah. it in therapy it's like it's part of my OCD <laughs> And it's like so unbearable 
for other people. I don't notice it. Like, I i don't see it anymore. But Emma's like, what are you doing highlighting everything over and over and over again? I Like, I know, I know with certainty every single bullet that you're reading you're yeah. highlighting frantically every time and it's you, every, terrible if you're ever wondering google doc because i realize other people can see that i'm like just clicking like it looks like i have a computer glitch going on there um, have been so I, times where i've been in a google doc with christine and i can't yeah, even bad. work on my own shit because no. things are just becoming pink and then not and then pink and then not and then mm-hmm. pink and then not and i'm like at what? least it's pink that's cute <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's uh it's it's just one of your quirks but uh, i'm so quirky that sometimes people get mad about it and i do apologize and not you i'm talking about the candy and i do apologize because you know i know that's very annoying and i know that um that would drive me crazy also so i apologize uh i apologize to eva i apologize to jack our editor and i think most the of all i apologize oh. to the lord our savior oh fuck i was like where are we going here i don't know i've 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 had a lot of coffee today what is your what was your coffee um order today? Your your flavor. Oh, it was made in a coffee pot at my house, so it was my home home flavor. But what um, but what type of I don't know what it's called, but like what type of was it like a was it just black coffee or was it like a, does it have a name? Oh, drink? I see. It's just a mug of coffee and then I put some of my pumpkin spice creamer in it. So I feel like a little you know, <laughs> feeling today. silly. Feeling, I'm feeling a little naughty. I was going to say, little... as Renee says, a little <laughs> being so naughty. Naughty. Um, put a little spice, some coffee creamer. That's my like thing. I just, I used to go through phases where like every few months I would suddenly abruptly change the way I drank coffee. And it was poor Blaze would like bring me up a cup of coffee with cream in it. And I'd be like, I only drink black coffee. And he's like, literally you decided that yesterday i'm like i know you but also do that to me, me christine you do that whenever <laughs> i have to order you something or like we're all trying to figure out like group dinner and i'm like oh well christine doesn't eat this and you're like what are you talking about and like, you that's say my it favorite food <laughs> you literally say it like a mean girl you're like are you an idiot like i only eat that and i was like what the fuck i just spent the last year making a note in my head to not ever feed you that you I do know, it all I know. the time i love time. to be full of surprises um and so, you know, every time I ever like suggest food to you, it is always I never finish breathing because I'm like, I'm ready no, for you to tell gamble. me it's the opposite. You know, I mean, usually I eat everything like t- when in doubt, most things I will eat. But coffee creamer <laughs> in my coffee has been I used to put just milk, like a splash of milk. Then I was like, Blaze, this isn't enough milk. And then I was like, I only drink oat milk in my coffee. Then I was like, I can't stand oat milk in my coffee. Then I drink black. Anyway, now like a little dash of like a flavored creamer and i'm fucking on i'm on it this has been the pattern for like over a year and a half so i'm thinking it'll stick but we'll see well um, you know i uh so i Is have people a complain about on reddit when they're like they just blab on about useless shit no one cares about well where's that person who used to put the time code when we start talking about important stuff you know yeah so, where are you rely, rely on them um my turn so uh, speaking of co- <laughs> speaking of coffee um with my tea i so i've been uh i i at the beginning of the year or eva would know eva when did we start doing supper club just write in please um what the hell is that we have supper club every tuesday night What's that? That sounds fun. It's called Queer Supper Club. It's where <gasps> all of our queer friends get together and eat supper together as a club. Oh, fun. Um, That's I know so your cute. FOMO is you. at a peak no. high. 
No, I'm gonna start texting you it Tuesday. I don't like to leave the house. Um, wait, Bullshit. What, what did this you is say another one I... of your things where you're doing the. What did you say? I know. I'm like, I'm trying to say the opposite. Just to like, like, fuck I, hello. You. We all know you're the queen of FOMO with love. You're the queen of FOMO. Yeah. Uh, you would totally want to. If you, no, if you were yeah. in, I think because of the distance, you're fine with it. But if you were in LA, absolutely not. You would get yourself in your little leather jacket that I know you love so much in your ripped black jeans. You would look hot as shit. You'd put your eyeliner on and you'd be like, I'm going to Queer Supper Club every Tuesday. I'm queer now. Blaze, get out of my face. Yeah, for on Tuesdays only, Blaze, no more. <laughs> Blaze, you're out of the picture. And put that black coffee down. I don't want anything to do with it. I think black coffee makes you only queerer, no? Like like I in a like a in a tough way, like a like a motorcycle right. gang way. I feel like the way that I drink coffee nowadays is like such a mom way, you know? Like I feel mm. like it's like a mom thing. I don't know. I just need like that sugar hit in the morning. Um, I will say I've gotten a lot better about my FOMO. Like it used to be bad because I just felt like, I don't know. I just was like, oh no. I just felt, I don't know. I mean, yeah, unloved. I just had FOMO. But at did this you point, feel unloved? I'm kind of over it. I think COVID oh. really did a number on me in that way where I'm like, honestly, like, I don't really need to go do stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's a Zoloft. That really has helped with a lot of my issues also. <laughs> All right. So, well, yeah. I only, first of all, let's make it clear, just in case FOMO decides to appear in the middle of the night, that obviously if you were here or when you're here, oh, you're yeah. always welcome. But, I don't assume that, I mean, it would be hilarious if you were like, actively, we don't tell you about it. I mean, I don't assume <laughs> that that's the case, but if it was, no. that would be quite a turn of events. <laughs> well, so I only bring it up because I've been trying in the last, I feel like it's been the last year, but maybe it hasn't been that long. Maybe it's been longer. I have no concept of time anymore. That. I was going through this thing. I've talked about it to enough of my friends that I feel like I can just say it out loud and hopefully nobody's feelings are hurt. Um, I've been going through uh, what I've been calling a frenaissance where I've been oh, that's right. breaking I up with this. some people to make room for other people. And I'm just reevaluating my relationships. And Good I was you. like, I really want to have more friends that I'm closer with because I feel like I had a lot of friends that I saw once a month and I want friends right. that I see often. So I've been creating more standing appointments with friends which is oh. like the adult way of hanging out with people all the time, I guess. So example is on Tuesdays. I have Queer Supper I Club. I love that. And on Thursdays, this is where we were talking about coffee. This is the segue. Um, on Thursdays, I have a standing tea time with my friend <gasps> Delaney. Um, <gasps> and she has the, by the way, shout out. They, she has the podcast Self Helpless. Um, that's how we met. If we're, oh. we're on it, if you want to start there. Um, hey, I didn't know that. Say hi yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know you guys are friends that's a fun show i really oh like yeah she's show. one of my closer friends these days um see and... now i'm like now i fomo because i feel like man you're just not like letting me into your life anymore i feel like i don't know you at all I, like, I've, I've, i'm changed club, your friends with i mean wow wow <laughs> no i just uh, you're well, like a baby been... bird that i'm like shoving out of the nest well yeah I, I actually i told delaney i was like christine's out if you want a mo if you want a chance you can audition now yeah so. that's fine i mean i get it <laughs> I uh she we lost touch for a while and we recently got back in touch and then we immediately started doing our standing appointment I love um, wait where do you go for tea I'm just curious. I go to her house she makes us tea which is lovely cool. and she does we do um an oracle reading every time I'm there what so, oh yeah. now I have FOMO. so now it's, it's back baby <laughs> tea and tarot um <laughs> tea and tarot oh come on this is amazing <laughs> and so I go every Thursday and uh that's so you talking cute. about your milk and how thing your flavors change and I keep trying so hard. I I love her. 
but she's also uh, like through and through vegan uh, and all of her she doesn't have she won't have real milk in her house which is well, totally sure, fine yeah. but i can't i'm trying so hard to get through it but she'll make this tea that's amazing and then she'll put like she knows i like milk in it so she'll try to put milk in it but it's never real milk and i can always taste the yeah. difference and one time she put milk in there that was gray and i was like what and then i that's, <laughs> apparently that's milk, like baby <laughs> i think that's what it was but i watched it happen and i was like this is like watching how the sausage is made it's like it's just I mean, Except ironically, <laughs> ironically, like real milk, the way that it's Except made is so much if you watched it be made, worse. it would be a bunch of oats and not like a dead animal. Yeah, but, but like yeah. it was like, I just watched someone pour a bunch of like Disney gray sludge into my drink and I was like, Ugh. and so um, anyway, That's what weird. a long tangent. It looks like your ca- calendar just freed up every Thursday. <laughs> I mean, I wonder what happened. I wonder if you just. Oh shit, my phone, actually the microphone was on the whole time. My, oh, my phone's going were, calling delaney no you didn't realize you had a standing call every uh tuesday <laughs> at 2 30 <laughs> um anyway that was a really long-winded way of me telling you the fact that you're always changing your order i and you went from but milk to, to fair, almond milk that and they too. Don't like know. i will come and you'll be like thank you and then i'll find out like you haven't had that drink in six months and you'll never drink it again and i'm like oh, but one th- no, no no one thing that i really like about you is that you at least remember it, something i like because it's not like i drink something and then i can never have it again like i just drink it and then i switch it up but then i end up going back i always flip-flop so sometimes you've given me something that i stopped drinking for a while but it reignited the love and i oh, okay. went back to that, that so I'm like that grandma who's like, who's like Blaze's grandma, like, oh, one time you said you liked Rolos, so your entire identity <laughs> will now consist of getting Rolos for every holiday. Right. Um, that's what I'm going to be. Can you say you that about a million dollars and see what happens? Or Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll, uh, I'll go to the Dollar Tree and see where, what I can find. A, um, a million times? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll get back to you. Oh, well, um, anyway, Christine, I know we just did this whole... I don't know us talking. You know what? Yeah, I don't even feel bad about it. Talking shit it's... about me. Talking shit about me. By the way, this is my. This is like day after Christine's half birthday. Let's talk about all her <laughs> many problems. <laughs> Happy belated half birthday, Christine. Thank you. Did you celebrate today with a big cup of mom coffee? I sure did, and Leona Good. has double pink eyes, so you know <gasps> life is like. I'm when is your baby going to be healthy? Like, what's like, the? Never. This is apparently what life status? is. Everyone is like, "Duh, this is what life is." And I was like, "Oh." Gotcha. So wait, do you also like? I would assume I was just raised by such an overprotective like Jewish mom. Like, so you're gonna get pink eye, right? That's what that means. I like, mean, I assume so. I'm shocked I haven't gotten it yet. It's been a couple days. I wa- I'm washing my hands constantly, which I kind are of you washing your do. eyes I, constantly because like I, no, I'm not touching my damn eyes because I know <laughs> what's gonna happen if I do. Um, but I am very actively washing my hands, and as someone with, as I mentioned already, as we both have mentioned already, have pretty pretty intense ocd sometimes so you know it's pretty easy for me to get into a mind space of like hey this is the way that you'll fix everything wash your hands mm-hmm. constantly so that's what i'm doing and it's it's good it's my brain picked it up easily you know um oh good so yeah you know we're on that on that grind and um it's it's you know it's just uh it's just nice to be here with you and have oh. somewhere to really compartmentalize where everybody knows your name yeah that's nice christine i'm glad you're here too thanks now let's sit in that until it gets awkward for all of us 
Never mind. I couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> I say, let's see. Let's see which one of us can't stand it. It's both. I'll always Surprise. lose that game. Um, okay. So is that is that why you drink this week? Yeah. Or do you have another I mean, reason? Yeah. Listen, everything's fucking crazy. I feel like you and I are both in a, like, a crazy headspace with work stuff. We're like overwhelmed. The holidays are coming up. Everyone's overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I did a bunch of like secret Santa gifting, like... There's this great thing called Operation Santa on USPS Mm -hmm. where you can adopt kids um, and families and like, you know, adopt them, obviously, like in quotes. And then mail them to you. No. (laughs) (laughs) Mail yourself to their house to say hi. Um, No. And then you go to the post office and like you, you know, they write little letters to Santa. They get scanned in, obviously, with no identifying information. You can, you know, buy as little or as much as you want. You can, you know, send surprises and then you go to the post office. They scan the QR code and mail it for you so obviously you can't see the address and all that but I was like I know I'll adopt like 16 different people and so I've been just like why am I why did I do this on the day where it's why on this my day after my half birthday of all days you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I understand I can't believe that Santa would do that to you I can't believe I did it to myself but yeah so here we are (laughs) anyway otherwise I'm fine everything's okay it's fine we'll be fine and it's fine how are you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's fine it's fine as i'm white knuckling in a room of flames it's fine um correct that's exact you get it you know okay i feel i'm feeling good i'm feeling i don't know i'm like I, well that's nice <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm sorry i i i have like i feel like i'm really stressed for extended periods of time and then i get a five minute sliver of happiness until i'm stressed for a really extended period of time again and oh. Yeah. Right now I'm in the five minutes liver, which is nice. Um, oh. And I feel like I've just been between Christmas just to like throw all my fucking business out at everybody. I'm leaving like halfway through December. I'm going home. And then like as soon as the holidays are done, Christina and I are rehearsing to go back out on tour. And then I'm back out on tour. So I'm about to be gone for like at least a month. And so I'm I'm stressed about that and getting presents over there and the whole logistical kerfuffle of christmas on top of that i got so many projects here i want to get done but i need to get them done in like two weeks or else they're not going to be done for a month in two weeks and so anyway right now i'm having like a one little one little moment of happiness i treated myself to some new pokemon cards i um oh, oh 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 okay so i posted this on thanksgiving my dms are going bananas folks so tell me everybody's asking if you don't follow me on Instagram, this is not your moment. But for everybody who follows me on Instagram and has been craving this like snack that I told everybody about what? on Instagram, Christine, clearly I in. don't follow you on Instagram. I'm like, what are you talking about? Lean in. Let's, let me let's, let's, come here. Come here. I want to tell you I'm just going to lean what? back because I'm getting you know, be nervous. <laughs> is my breath a okay. little too? Is it on you? Can you feel it? No, um, no comment. Here's the thing. I went to my obviously my aunts for Thanksgiving, they had this, um, they had me try these peppers from Trader Joe's. I lost my mind. I mixed them up with some salami and some mozzarella. It changed my world. Allison and I can't stop eating them. I posted it on Instagram and the people who got to see that post, I got a bunch of people sending me videos of them trying it and saying that it changed their life. So for the people who are wondering what the hell this snack is, because every time I post it, someone misses it. You get yourself a Ritz cracker. Ready, Christine? Ritz cracker. Write it down. It's Eva? that's Leona's favorite. That's Leona's favorite food. We buy them in massive quantities. So great. So you're already set. Then I've got a lot. Two slices. Two. 
of dry salam. A little salami. A little salami. Two slices. Can't eat that, but okay, sure. Can you eat that? I don't know anymore. No, I can't. Might eat, be. I don't eat meat. Well, right. Tomorrow I'll be like, that's my tomorrow favorite you'll, food. Exactly. So when you're in the mood for that, <laughs> you pick up two slices of salami, sure. put that on a Ritz cracker. Great. Get yourself a little mozzarella pearl, the little balls, the ones in the, ones in the container with the juice. Get the little ball. Yep. Okay. Then go to Trader Joe's. You get yourself the picante sweet peppers. They're red. Picante. They're full of cream cheese. Oh, yeah. Those are good. Maybe if you're feeling especially naughty, do a little balsamic drizzle. Oh balsamic my. drizzle. A little glaze. A glaze. Not the vinegar. A glaze. Mm-mm. Commit to the bit because it's going to be a big ass bite, but you throw all that in your mouth at once. Oh, that heaven. sounds so good. Um, You'll be in heaven. The end. I'm hungry now. I'm hungry now and I, I'm. Well, don't eat. Anyway. You can't eat until we're done because Shit. people are going to hear Why you do you eat that see? Pepper this is your nervous. fucking fault. I'm going to yell at you now. <laughs> Why is this my fault? You can yell at me. That's okay. That's what the, the, the whole point of this podcast was to be a sounding board for our lives. So rip me up. I'm too tired. Okay. Well, anyway, that's why I drink because everyone needed to know about you the had snack. A good snack. Now you know it. Great. Cool. The one day Sorry, a year now, when now you're I'm like feeling. really into salami, you're gonna mm-hmm. fucking text me and go, "That was incredible." So I mean, I believe advance. you. It sounds incredible. I just, um, I just don't have time to go to Trader Joe's, and I just went the other day. But maybe I'll go soon. Okay, and maybe you'll also like eat salami again. I don't know. Probably not. But the rest of it, probably I'll try. So. Okay. Um, Thank you. Now that we've killed 20 minutes, what do you say we start a podcast? We did. We did kill. We killed it in the worst way. Like, it's just. It's just. It wasn't even fun for anybody. It was fun for me. No, it, good. Well, congratulations. <laughs> um, now I'm feeling really bitchy. I don't know what's going on. Oh, do you, do we need to sit with it for a second? You want to talk about your feelings? Not even a little bit. But thanks for oh. asking. <laughs> Just kidding. That one was wow. on purpose. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm all done. I'm ready for your story. And honestly, actually, you know what I just realized? So Tell I'm me. sometimes so good at compartmentalizing that I forget about the other things that are causing my, I'm like really good at compartmentalizing, but then there's always this like underlying like emotional dysregulation that happens where I'm like, I'm upset about something. That's yeah. weird. And then I'm like, it me? oh, right. No, oh, I'm like, okay. oh, right. I compartmentalize that. I will. You'll find out when I do my story today why I'm like so out. I think that might be part of the problem. If Are we I'm mad at the system like, again? Um, it's just like one of those like just. It's just uh, you'll see, you'll okay. know when I tell you. I story. feel like remember in the show Pinky and the Brain when they're like, "What are we doing tonight?" Brain, <laughs> same thing we do every night. Pinky, we take over yeah. the world. I feel like uh, I feel like every episode I'm like, "Are we mad at the system again?" Let's get into it. <laughs> yeah. Well, too bad because. It's not going to change. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just uh, I think it just occurred to me why I might be especially like um, on edge today. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is there a, should we should we breathe? How about we do that? Let's everyone everyone listening to maybe we all need to take a deep breath. So we'll do three breaths. Oh, you know, what? actually, probably I do need to breathe. Okay. 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 Everyone get ready for your three breaths of the day. Okay. Go. Now people are going to be like, stop breathing into the microphone. And then the last one. 
Now drink some water, you dirty little rats. Let's crack into it. It looks like we finally found our opener. Okay. Welcome to And That's Why We Drink, where we are all relaxed and not thirsty, but we are thirsty for the ghost stories. So here we go. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace Courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace Courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ziprecruiter.com drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This is uh, Mary King's Close. You put your hands up like I was going to start screaming or something. <laughs> I'm just like staring at you and all of a sudden you like throw your hands in the air. Like, I never know what's going to get a reaction. Like so I just kind of, of me. paused for the dramatics, but whatever. Okay. Uh, I mean, no, it, don't get me wrong. It was extremely dramatic. I just didn't understand my part in the whole process, but I get it now. So, um, okay, great. Uh, wow. Cool. I've never heard of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this is in Edinburgh, and uh, I said that right, yes? You you sure did. Last time, it might as well have been a laugh track and an angry mob all at the same time, because I oh, excellent. was a stupid American. So anyway, this is in Edinburgh, and uh, just getting straight into it, um, the, the land that we're talking about in Edinburgh, it was, um, as of the 12th century, it belonged to Scotland. It became a bustling city after the 12th century and then officially became the capital of Scotland in 1452. So far, we're on a cool. good track, I think. Cool. Okay. Um, it was a big part of the European Enlightenment era, but things weren't going that great eventually because as of 1560, uh, a wall... W- Did you know this? I feel like this is probably one of those things that everybody on Earth knew and I'm the last person to figure it out. In 1560, a... 24 foot tall wall was built around the city yeah didn't you cover the wall <laughs> am i crazy if that i did it's 
this just goes to show you how um, quickly things can I mean, fall I right did, out of my head. I'm sure I've heard about it on a paranormal podcast too, but I, I thought there was like hauntings underneath the walls. I don't know. I could be wrong. That's what we're talking about today. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I cool. haven't covered well, yeah, this before. You covered the Edinburgh vaults is what you covered. Okay. And that's I not think this. In, in that episode, you talked about the walls. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Okay. The city. I was like, yeah. please, I, I just, I checked. I did not cover this. Okay. How um, gaslighting is that though? I'm like, you taught me about this. You don't know, know about it, but somehow it was like you complimenting me. me for my like wisdom, but also like so like reminding me that I'm an idiot at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I know about the wall. You know, I don't know much about it, but I do know that it has a like a medieval wall around it or something. Around okay, it. I had no idea about this, and I feel like people who um grew up in countries with better education systems are rolling their eyes but you know if you want to feel bad for me and again i chose to be mad at the system and today I so do. here we go um no, I'm just okay so in 1560 this there was a 24 foot tall wall called the flodden wall that was built around the city um to protect edinburgh against english invasion and since the town now could not grow literally grow any further than the confines of this wall um since it couldn't expand outward they expanded upward so it's a city that essentially oh. grew on top of itself right um this resulted in many several story tall buildings all cramped next to each other and a lot of the streets because of that a lot of the streets between the buildings are incredibly narrow because construction was trying to use up as much space as possible they were like just one more inch will be fine right <laughs> so just walk sideways um, I, it's fine well, I looked up pictures online of like how narrow these streets are and probably not everybody, but maybe like larger people would need to walk sideways. Some of the, some of them are very, very narrow. Um, some of Jeez. them seemed like they were normal street size. I think they vary, but the smaller ones I saw were like two slabs, two tile slabs long. Like they were like, you couldn't ride a bike down it, it looked like. Imagine... So, having a window right there and you just like open the blinds and there's like another person but imagine you fall in love <laughs> this is the duality of man this is the duality <laughs> of gemini or like imagine the horror of seeing someone but imagine if you fell in love okay but like how like it would be like taylor swift's you belong with me music video like what's wrong like a note through the yeah, window just except you can just whisper and they'll probably hear you so <laughs> And like the the response to what's wrong is that I'm so fucking close like, to your room. I'm like stop that you keep won't stop talking to me. Okay, leave yeah. me alone. You keep putting fucking <laughs> notes on the window, and I feel obligated to answer. Um, so, uh, yeah, it looked like the streets kind of varied in size, but all of them were narrow in their own way. Some of them were incredibly narrow. Some were still like you. If there was like walking traffic, it would pile up pretty quick okay and as new buildings were constructed these alleys became even more winding and confusing because now there were new things put in front of each of the, the streets so it eventually okay. became like this maze where you had to it feels like in my mind as someone who's never been there it sounds like you would almost want like an expert guide with you walking down these streets yeah, um, like a, an escort. I feel like I, I mean, I'm lost just thinking about it, but I mean, that's me, but I'm sure a normal person could probably it, do it better. Maybe it's not as bad as I'm imagining, but um, I have already spiraled and decided that it's a lot trickier than maybe it is. But 
like just the just the pictures alone did make it seem at the very least incredibly claustrophobic like it's incredibly Mm. tall buildings you really can't see anything other than like what's ahead of you they're very tiny spaces like in a horror movie this would be exactly the alley you don't want to be having to run down or like get caught in a flood (laughs) or something you know like you're fucking trapped in there um and because of the town's limited space um because remember it was like just a it was just a 24 foot wall and it's just built around the city if you were middle middle class upper class anything like that it didn't really matter what you were you all lived pretty much on top of each other um which was unheard of at the time because usually the wealthy class wanted to separate themselves from ew poor people Uh, ew (laughs) there was one example of a countess who actually lived only one floor above a fishmonger which i feel like that's how forbid i feel like that's how trey's songs friends describe me it's like the countess lives (laughs) above a fishmonger you know (laughs) but imagine if they fell in love But imagine if I just wrote one extra note about how concerned I am. Just imagine how romantic the fishmonger and the countess. That sounds like a children's fairy tale. It sounds like the the first draft of Shrek. Like like a fishmonger (laughs) and the countess. It sounds Um, like the, like, random... creepy german fairy tale that shrek was based on that they had to like make child friendly for yeah some certainly (laughs) sounds like a grim brothers situation yes it does (laughs) brothers grim brothers grim um so anyway usually the wealthy would be separate from the middle class and lower class but you know it was that wasn't the case right away eventually they ended up actually saying like we can't tolerate these plebes so we're gonna make our own town (laughs) And we're going to call it Newtown. Go figure. Original. Oh, my um, God. At least come up with something creative. That kills me. Like all the money in the world, you can't pay like a writer to give you like, an idea you about a different have, name. Like a little spark of creativity. OK, nope. fine. Um, so anyway, while they're still living in Old Town, um, the wealthy tried to separate themselves the best they could, but they really didn't have many options so eventually they tried to make gated neighborhoods but the neighborhoods are all on top of each other and right next to each other so the gates were uh they essentially put doors on some of these alleys and closed off access to them at night so only the wealthy could (laughs) use them (laughs) it's like a modern security gate at a cul-de-sac but it's It's literally just like a like a wooden door with a latch and they said i have the key yeah it was they just decided cool great and um so they pretty much closed off these narrow streets which let me remind you again these are really limited like pathways to get through like so you're blocking off like access to people's homes i imagine like you're making it difficult at least so these gated narrow streets ended up being called closes so when it's mary king's close that's what a close is oh i see okay 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 got you because i never knew i literally thought this whole time it was like gonna be a closet or something you're like oh looks like Sersha spelled closet yeah. wrong like, again wow didn't know Sersha <laughs> was such a, a dummy forgetting just put a t um closet <laughs> um well i've never known what a close was i've never heard of that so I, did, I, was, I really didn't either to be honest so it's one of those words where you hear it and you can kind of smile and nod through it but you really I, yeah i feel I, like it's i know i feel like if someone said vernacular. oh you know a close i'd be like yeah and then they'd be like describe it and i'd be like Hey, what's that over there? <laughs> I'd be like, honestly, that's a fucking rude question. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, why don't you explain it, smartass? 
exactly yeah i had no idea i always thought like a close and my mind truly was like a like a like a a hill or something like i didn't know so anyway and then i would have said no you explain it you would have said a hill and i said yep that's what it is a hill (laughs) and then we would have just believed that for the rest of our fucking lives so it feels like excuse me feels a little bit i feel like you could ask i I, what you should have said is like the pun version you should have gone you're close you're close is that does that count no um so anyway (laughs) man (laughs) you really got me good there so these gated narrow streets are called closes and into uh, uh into these closes which like it's so wild to think of like that this is what the upper class was doing and they thought they were so much fucking higher and mightier than everybody else um they would dump their chamber pots from their windows into the closes at night what a fucker i knew they would do something like this this is this is i mean imagine the countess's shit just falling on your head when you're coming home from a long day of mongering fish it's like this i was like, already a fishmonger and now i have i mean i'm the poop monger you know so. right like thanks a lot you know I, uh, God, I was gonna fall in love with you too countess <laughs> i was this close until this close you ex- you showed me too much too soon i think so yeah yeah um, yeah we got too much so obviously one of the first problems that people noticed as all the wealthy people and i, I probably honestly all the people because if the rich didn't have toilets i don't think anyone else had toilets either i think everyone was just throwing their chamber pots into the streets at night um and the streets didn't have drains they didn't have any street cleaning there was no sanitation like laws back then or like a service that could it's come just out hor- it's horrible so there was waste upon waste upon waste and keep in mind this is a whole town within like of a, a, a literal confined area so very quickly it adds up you know oh so there's like nowhere of, for it to go think of everyone in a 10-story apartment building throwing their poop out the window that's day one it's a mess day one let alone day no one one's ever mess. coming to clean it yeah, yeah. and it just keeps um, happening yeah that's just terrible so the waste over time, and I'm assuming very quickly, um, began to clog the pathways. So Ooh. now, now what? Like you thought now you were fancy with your little gated door and now you got to walk through poop. So good luck. Um, good luck. at the same time, uh, we talked about this in the past, but in this area, the cemetery had become overcrowded and when it became overcrowded, they started, uh, burying the bodies even shallower on top of the bodies that are buried deeper and so there were shallow bodies and shallow graves in an overcrowded cemetery and the smell because they weren't buried far enough would start to waft out of the graveyard and on windy days where a whole town made out of alleys that are just like wind like you know what i mean like they're just yeah just they're like wind tunnels wind tunnels yes um so now you've got the cemetery with like the smell of corpses just blowing through the entire town nonstop, and you've got the smell of everybody's poop on the street blowing through on top I'm, of that. I'm just, I'll be honest, I'm surprised anyone fell in love back then. Like, this sounds like the least romantic. Like, I don't know, I'm just keep thinking, like, what if you fell in love with the count? Like, you couldn't. You just feel like fucking grossed out all the time. I literally, like, I don't, I, I have thought about that too. Um, I was watching, um, I don't know, like a Bridgerton or something like that. And just like, first, just in the amount of clothes they would make people wear 
on a summer day yeah. and then you are expected yeah. to like go bang it out together like that doesn't yeah with no ac i mean Oof. you know like i, I no understand that that's sometimes sometimes a shower work with but like you know i just i'm like it just seems it's amazing that the population rough. is what it is today when like well i guess there wasn't any birth control but i'm amazed people were getting naked with each <laughs> other like i would i just there shouldn't be this many people today but somehow just they just kept like popping you'd kids be... out you wouldn't be like you'd be like eh, not today you know not I feel even, like I, i'd be like Ugh. i don't maybe i've just got too many sensory issues or something or i just like the idea of being sweaty first of all in any context no but also like <laughs> underneath that many clothes and then putting my hot sweaty body on someone else's hot sweaty body after they've been in that many clothes and it's 100 degrees outside are you fucking kidding me absolutely not i like, almost think i'd be less like worried about what other people smell like and just be like constantly um like paranoid that i smell you know what i mean like i don't even think i would be like grossed out by everyone else i think i would just be constantly like i can't go around other people i like don't i wonder don't come near I also me wonder I stink, if, you know i also wonder if bo is like a um uh like i wonder if oh, we're hypersensitive to bo because you know, it's so rare that we smell it but for I them maybe they didn't like even it, notice well i just read a post on reddit that said like explain to me like i'm five why we have to take such great care of our teeth nowadays even though like for most of humanity um they didn't have access to that and the responses were really interesting because i've kind of always wondered that as well and it's because well one of the reasons is because we eat so much refined sugar nowadays and mm. foods that uh the bacteria in your mouth are like really drawn to so we just have to like fight that more um but then also it's just like people who didn't have or who had really bad teeth issues just didn't make it very long or, you know. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's I feel like I wonder if the BO2 is like also a response to maybe the clothes we wear nowadays or like using deodorant that does X, Y and Z. I don't know. Like maybe our bodies have changed over time. I don't know. Maybe. But also maybe they've fucking smelled like I don't. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I they smelled. Know. I'm sure. Like, to be clear, they definitely smelled. I to be clear, but um, I just like, I just wonder if I can't like, imagine yeah, if you had if you had like I'm a, uh, this is a fully an exaggeration. But for the sake of the story, if you're only getting like a annual shower or like a monthly <laughs> shower or something, like, I don't think there were showers. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Bath I don't or think whatever. If you're if you're only washing yourself with like river water most of the time, which has its own <laughs> fucking bacteria, <laughs> river like, water. <laughs> I don't know. I think they like, like boiled the water. I mean, okay, yeah, they didn't bathe very often. You're probably right on that. Yes. I just, I, I don't know. If I, this is as obsessed as I am with time travel, I could not go in the past. I could not because I'd be like, I cannot blend in. I will stick out like a sore thumb and I'm not interested in disguising myself by You'd be carrying like a mini like deodorant that. around. <laughs> like, what? But honestly, think about time travel. If they came to the future, they'd be like, what the fuck is that? Why does everyone smell like linen all of a sudden and f and fresh scent? What's going on? They'd, you know, they'd be like, "Why does everyone keep walking really far away from me?" <laughs> no, they, Do I smell? Why is the deodorant yeah. sales girl trying to just throw this at me? Throw this um, at my body. <laughs> but like, I, and I even wonder, like, if you showed them like a t-shirt and it's like, it's okay, you can just wear this. Like, you don't have to torture yourself. Oh, I would. You know, I bet they would feel so naked. 
you know? Right. Without all the layers. But also they'd kind of like it, I think. No? I wonder about that all the time because I'm like, if there are ghosts in my house from the Victorian era, are they like, what the fuck are you wearing? I mean, I'm wearing right now pajama pants with leopard print and like a t-shirt that says momster. I'm like, are they just looking at me like, what the fuck has happened to humanity? Probably. Probably. I mean, they had like fluffy neckerchiefs for sitting at home by themselves. Like I <laughs> for like going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> like they were like, I don't I don't know. I don't know what the buckles on their shoes and shit. And like now I'm like, if I even have shoes on, it's a good day. Like so <laughs> now you flit fish flops. And my and shoes are like... made of sponge and fishes. Yeah, and exactly. We have the audacity to say that we've like progressed as humanity right. and they're like seriously are you sure they're looking at you and like what are on your feet and you're like recycled water bottles you wouldn't understand so um <laughs> recycled water bottles okay i'm saving the planet what are you doing um anyway so we've really gone off on a tangent and like i i'm very aware that i've probably said some really un- uneducated things about like the hygiene of several centuries ago but i openly say i don't know what i'm talking about here I don't, yeah yeah, I don't yeah. Know. we're just but i'm taking my best shot that it probably wasn't what it is today it couldn't have been pleasant um especially when you're trekking through everyone's poop and in your only pathway out of the city you know so um yeah 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 good luck anyway unless you were super rich and you lived really high up in the towers where you could avoid the wind hitting or probably oh oh the wind i was gonna say you probably some people probably was were able to get around the transportation by like i don't know do they have other they have people to carry them or like a carriage. I don't know. A Why horse. My, my immediate thought was like a fucking piggyback ride. I was like. <laughs> I, I mean, that pro- they probably could have made that work, too. But I meant more like one of these like sedan things where you sit on it and they like carry you. Right. I don't I don't think they have. They maybe I maybe someone built that just to stay. I would have just to stay away from the poop. But um, <laughs> I don't I think most people were just raw dog in it in their shoes so gross Um, cool and so if you didn't live high up enough in the towers where you know the wind wasn't hitting your window um then you were living in the thick of it you were smelling decomposing bodies next door you were smelling poop downstairs and uh it was a rough time so the buildings also started expanding because more people were showing up and they're like we don't know where to house these people um they started turning their cellars into homes so now there's underground homes for the the poorer people which means that you're pouring your chamber pots on the street which slides down the stairs into their cellar house i mean that's just horrifying you know how like in the winter you're afraid to go down stairs in the city because you'll slip on ice Mm -hmm. oh god oh god imagine that's rough. That's a rough one. Slipping. Oh, no. Slipping face first. Oh, no. Em. Oh, no. So the Royal Mile uh, is this thing. It's oh, it's called the Royal Mile, but it's a historical route through the city um, with a number of closes that you can walk through. So I think it's like a tourist attraction now in some ways. And the closes are usually named, which I didn't know this. The closes are named after notable people who lived on them. So... Uh, like Craig's close. Uh, Craig was, I guess, the most pop. <laughs> Glenn, Glenn's close. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Glenn was the most popular girl of her close for sure. <laughs> so they were named either after like names like Craig's or Glenn's, um, 
or they were named after businesses. So it would be like old fish market close. Can you imagine mm, living okay. on the old fish market and the fish market gets the name and you don't? Like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. Your name's Glenn. And you're like, it was right there. Yeah. Glenn Close, it was right there. They it's didn't right there in, in all of the so puppy dog fur I have in my closet. Yeah. <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> um. So I, I like to wonder, I, I don't know this at all, but I wonder if there was some sort of um, like a stereotype at the time of like, if you lived on a close that was named after a business and not a people, then all the people were shitty, you know? Oh, wow. Maybe. Just to like, just to create scandal. Like, you know, I'd be that, that girl. Like, I was gonna say, you're just <laughs> implanting rumors hundreds of years later. Yeah. And what are they going to do about it? No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I. I like to imagine someone had an opinion and that person was probably me before I reincarnated bully, over here. You got to bully someone. Thank you. You see, you understand. So <laughs> I get it. <laughs> among the most famous of these closes is Mary King's close. So, um, hmm. which, uh, I'm trying to see where I talk about how she got her. I name. almost said, I've heard of that. And then I'm like, Oh, right. Cause you said it 10 minutes ago. Okay. Girl, we're here now. Girl. Um, okay. So I will <laughs> talk about how Mary King, got her name on the close but before we do my notes are just a little uh scattered today sorry not sersha it was me trying to make things better and then i made things worse so you just changed the word close to closet 80 times and then had to <laughs> undo it <laughs> you're like oh shit i actually That's put glenn in front of uh, mary king and i almost <laughs> messed everything up <laughs> so uh already this area it was um it was there was a lot of superstitions in the town uh people already had a lot of religious beliefs and there were even like some supernatural sightings just throughout town there was a lot of strange lights especially over their lake there was a lot of strange lights and mm. i only want to put this in because i i think it's like a fun fact is that so people were seeing strange lights over the lake and Nobody ever figured out what they were, but now people say that it was probably a combination of all the methane gas from the dead bodies <gasps> and poop and the reduced Swamp oxygen gas. from in the reduced oxygen from being in such close quarters in these pathways that you were Whoa. only breathing in gas and causing yourself to hallucinate. Sorry, my computer started talking. It scared the shit out of me. <sighs> Who was it? What'd you say? Sorry, I think I hit a button when I was overreacting and it started talking like it was like doing like an accessibility like read the page and it said and that's why we drink and I scared the <laughs> absolute bejesus out of me and now I can try to close it I don't even know what this is I downloaded the new Google Chrome and I think it has like settings I've never heard of I'm so sorry okay is she becoming well, sentient see, is that what's happening I see half your face so <laughs> well I apologize for screaming um that was unintentional uh Okay, you, I got rid of it. Do you still Sorry. see half my face or all my face? Uh, no, I, I, uh, I, I pull. Whew, you're back. Whew. Are you? I, I, no, I'm gone. I've <laughs> left the building, but it's okay. My husk is still here, and my husk can podcast like the best of them, so it's fine. That's that is fully called dissociation, my friend. <laughs> I was literally. The, I like, know my husk can handle it. The rest of me is not here. Telling me that. Um. Yeah, that's that's swamp gas, right? Methane. Uh, I think yeah. swamp gas is what they like try to say all UFOs are, um, either weather balloons or swamp gas. Um, Interesting. So that's fascinating and gross, isn't it? Yeah, that you can yeah. breathe in so much poop that um, you just go crazy. Wait, what? Oh, I didn't hear that part. What? What? What are you talking about? I thought you meant that the lights were the methane gas. 
oh no that they believe that uh oh maybe that's what it was i don't even remember anymore i've lost well, my spot you thought everyone smelled poop and went crazy i mean that's also like a scenario I <laughs> honestly i go fucking if you'd crazy said that, i'd be like yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> maybe i read the notes wrong i really thought it was like you breathe in the poop and go crazy because like it's well, enough methane wait, read gas it from- again i was listening to a robot talk while you said it uh really loud in my ears my so understanding my understanding no, no no you probably actually correct me before the internet did but um my understanding was that there was so much poop that you're walking through plus the smell of the dead bodies that you are actually breathing in that shit nonstop, plus the reduced oxygen from walking in such narrow pathways eventually cause you to hallucinate but Are maybe you you're right where where the lights were methane gas on their own far away and we just also happen to be having being deprived of oxygen by being in close pathways it could be oh, either yeah, I, I missed the oxygen part i'm sure that doesn't help um but yeah i feel like i feel like that that matches swamp gas um it's sort of like where methane I don't gotcha know. that makes a no, lot no. of sense um for the plot, I'm going to assume both, though. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I'm not calling myself an expert over here. Not today. Maybe not on others. Today. Maybe Some on other days, but not today. Yeah. Um, I grew up in the American education system. I don't know what to tell you. So maybe I breathe in too much poop. <laughs> uh, no comment. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper 
and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So on top of the smells of dead bodies and poop all the time, then mm. Edinburgh gets slammed by the bubonic plague, which we just talked about last week, too. Yep. This area got 11 waves of the bubonic plague. <gasps> Sometimes these waves killed as much as a fifth of the population at once in just a few months. Jesus. Which, like, how, how it, uh, I feel like 11 waves where sometimes up to 20%, I don't know math that well, but like 11 times up to 20% of your population, there should be no people left. <laughs> there should be no I, people left. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming it was not 20% every time because that no, really would only not once make it any was sense. up to 20%, oh, okay. but so. it's still like, just like, it, it's just, it's, it's it boggles the mind. It does. Yeah. yeah, it boggles the mind. Even after COVID-19, which I feel like we've recorded episodes like this pre-COVID-19 pandemic. And we were like, thank God that doesn't happen anymore. And now we have a little more hindsight. But still, it is, um, it's still hard to believe uh, how many people were killed yeah. back then. Yeah. Well, I think last week, I already forget the number, but it was somewhere between like 75 and 200 million people or something. It's so. unbelievable. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of COVID-19... I'm not saying we no, should have done. We don't talk about that enough, you know. <laughs> I'm Let's not talk saying. About that more. I'm not saying we should have gone as intense as these people, but I am saying, over overwhelmingly in a, in a general way, I'm very proud of how they tried to handle the bubonic plague at the time, and I feel like we could have taken a page from their uh, from their book because yeah, forget like studying vaccines, like do whatever M's about to tell you to do. <laughs> well, if they had a vaccine back then for the bubonic plague, I would have told them to fucking take it. Let's be clear. Okay, but, yeah, just making sure. <laughs> but on to, on top of like for the time period, and yeah. given the amount of people in 2020 that refused to be yes actively for the people, you know, with with the with COVID, this is what they did. Um, in Edinburgh during the bubonic plague. They took it very seriously, enforced night curfews for everybody where you could not leave your home. They shut down schools. They shut down businesses. They had 12-day mandatory quarantines for every person who either is infected or was near somebody infected. And they banned people from coming into the town. And if you were caught letting people stay with you that did not live in that town and you might have accidentally created an outbreak, you would be branded. What? One guy who... this. I'm not saying this is like the way it should have been handled, but it does ring true to so many stories we heard during COVID of like someone being like, oh, well, you know, someone I live with is sick, but I don't really want to miss going to the movies, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> there was one guy who knew his wife was sick and went to church anyway. And when everyone found out, they hanged him. <gasps> and then there was another woman who brought in illegal imports, which caused an outbreak, and she was oh. drowned. <gasps> they were not fucking around. In like oh, such a serious Christ. way, yeah. Um, but I guess they were like, during the plague, you're probably going to die anyway. So like, I don't know, I don't know what they were thinking, but it was they really were not fucking around. Sounds like with panic. Sounds like full panic, panic. Mm -hmm. hysteria, probably. Yeah. Um, and the plague was bad 
everywhere, but especially in like a town that's nothing but crowded areas. And the only place you can get around is through these really narrow pathways right. where you're pretty much destined to get infected if somebody else is near you and they're sick. So in 1645, one outbreak caused half of the city's population to die. Holy shit. Mary King's close was hit especially hard, which oh. is why it is now so haunted. Understood. Um, so I said I'd get back to why we named her, why we named the close after Mary King. So Mary King ended up being a uh, clothing merchant and she was a burgess. So a burgess, I didn't know this, but it was a title that only really important people got and they held an authority in their community and they had political sway in their community. And she ended up getting it through marriage. Her husband had this title. And then when he died, he left it to her, which I didn't know you could leave a title to somebody. But That's nice. But he ended up like really hooking her up because she became very powerful at a time when a lot of women didn't. And her because she was in like clothing and fabrics, her whole close, her whole community was very vibrant residents and craftsmen. And it was a very lovely neck of the woods. She also, by the way, when she was given this Burgess title, she was able to uh, she was given a city council seat, which, again, unheard of for women back then. And it gave her the right to vote, which the rest of Scotland's women couldn't do for another 300 years. <laughs> Jeez, 300 more years. Wow. Yeah. So that's crazy. The fact that her husband was like, I'm not leaving you to dry. Like, you're going to be fine. Like, that was yeah, pretty dope. Damn. Um, unfortunately, even though she had this really wonderful community of a bunch of like crafty arts people who all lived together in harmony, when the plague hit, every single person in this close died. Oh, shit. Some stories say that they actually just closed their close gates door and just locked it and just let everyone die in there, Ooh. which is a rumor, is not true. Um, if people were there um, and they were sick, they would have, or if people were left there and were like starving or something like that, they would have been given quarantine provisions like everybody else. It's so it's not true. Right. Um, but it adds to the creepiest factor. And eventually when the plague left only a few years later, Oliver Cromwell led an English invasion into the city. Um, he scorched the earth, thus killing all their crops and cutting off their resources. And that's how he captured the city. And then years after that, there were outbreaks of cholera and smallpox through these closes. So just death, 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 death. Mm. In the 1680s, this is our first ghost story. There was a lawyer who moved in with his wife. Um, he moved into the neighborhood that's still called Mary King's Close. And he, one day his wife was relaxing when all of a sudden she felt a presence near her and she could feel herself being watched by someone. Oh, great. Um, when she looked up, she saw a disembodied head of an old man floating above her chair. <sighs> That's quite a time to realize someone's watching you. Like, you know, sometimes you're like, man, I had no idea you were staring at me. And like, yeah, you hope you're like, it's like a sense. squirrel or something. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's just a little squirrel or like a little bug. And then, um, oh, it's it just a whole head. Well, head. thank you. Yeah. Thank you, nervous system, for recognizing that. <laughs> and like floating above, like, is that, did you breathe in too much poop air? Is that what yeah, happened? Like, uh, honestly, I'm going back to your old theory about the poop air because that is pretty bananas. Well, apparently she passed out, and then when she came to, she told her husband what she saw, but of course he didn't believe her until that night when he was sleeping, and he wakes up from a heavy presence in the room, and he feels like he's being stared at, and it was no squirrel, but it was the floating head. Jesus. Thomas, the husband, 
freaks out. He starts praying that the head will go away. And <laughs> maybe it's just the atheist in me, but the literal religious defiance is so funny here because he prays that the head will go away. And instead, a whole second head floats into the room. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, to be fair, you say the atheist in you, but you are always the one who says, the, anytime you're scared, the first thing you do is say, okay, Jesus, come on in. There, <laughs> so I'm Jesus. like, is this what would happen to M in this scenario? <laughs> Our father who are in heaven and now all of a sudden, like, head num- my twin, head number two I, comes in? Honestly, if I were praying in, like, something like that was happening to me and then a second head came in, as I'm praying even further back into my head, I think I would be recognizing that it was overdue. It was like probably earned. It's <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, like I, you're right. I, I've never even been into a church. I don't know what I'm, who I'm trying to can, kid here. You obviously know that um, I'm only reaching out to you in a time of crisis. And if this, <laughs> if this is karma, then it's karma. Uh, so anyway, uh, he prayed the head would go away and said a second one. This one's a child's <laughs> head floats oh, no. into the room. Oh no. I thought it was funny. Evil. And then it canceled, was a child. canceled, canceled, canceled. Well, canceled. I thought it was like meant it's a dead child. So I was like, well, that's upsetting. I mean, no, it's no, all it upsetting, was, but it was just a second head. I think there, I think we can still laugh. I, like, I know it's fine. Oh, I mean, I, great. I don't, well, hang on a second. I'll tell you why in a second. So then not only there's the head, then there's the what? child's head floating around. Then there's a ghostly cat who comes through the door as he's still oh, praying my- for things to go away. This cat all of a sudden shows up like, oh, and I'm part of the fuck you party also. Yeah, they're then, like, oh, well, who's, we're partying in here. Come on in. Then a ghostly dog walks in. And then, like, he's praying wrong. Like, is, the- Yeah, I was going to say, is, are you sure he's not reciting, like, the, the little old lady who swallowed a fly? Because I feel like that, this is, like, he's actually, actually the plot. praying backwards in Latin. It's really weird. I think that um, might be what's going on. He's saying a, a hex. And then a pair of disembodied arms just floats on in. Cool. I feel like as disembodied arms, what direction are they when they just when they choose to free float on their own? Are they hands up, hands down, to the side? Are they palm out, palm in? Are Do they, they have the, the elbow? I don't Is the know. elbow involved? Like, are they kind of like bent and flopping around? About, remember when you asked me if a neck and a throat, like, where are they? Somebody uh-huh. like wrote in to me on. I, I haven't even read it yet. I haven't gotten to my DMs, but I saw somebody's like, "Hey, as like a." I think an ENT or something like, let me tell you where the throat is. And I was like, okay, good. Next time Emma asks, I'll be ready. I have to go open. But that did they DM, tell you where I'll the threk is? <laughs> I think again, you invented that term. Um, and we, I did think it makes total it. sense. And it sounds, it's one of those onomatopoeias where you hear threk. You, it makes the same sound. I hear Shrek that you're f- though. I, I don't hear, th- I don't, I don't have the same association. No, with. because you, you, when you hear threk, it sounds as aggressive as the way your threk moves when someone tries to touch it. Like, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah, actually, I can. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I do. See? Yeah. Yeah. Makes right. sense. I know. Okay. <laughs> anyway, tell the ENT I, I sent you. She'll know what <laughs> Sorry, it means. Sorry. I'll tell them that you're not, they're not needed any longer. <laughs> Thank you. It's like you and your threat can walk right out of our DMs with <laughs> without any information on it. Um so anyway, I don't know what direction the disembodied arms are. I don't know if one's being funny and one's upside down while the other one's right side up. I don't know. However you choose to imagine it is great. Thomas continues to pray, and the apparitions all start laughing and dance around almost as if mocking his prayers. <laughs> it's okay. like literally like something out of an evil Dr. Seuss. It's like crazy. It feels like a cartoon, yeah. Then he hears a moan out of nowhere, and then all of a sudden they disappear. 
But then weeks later, he gets really sick and he starts hallucinating and seeing circles of crows around him. And very soon after that, he died. (gasps) Oh, no. So that makes me wonder, like, was this an illness that causes hallucinations? And also, does that mean all the ghosts were also hallucinations? You know, but then like his wife also saw it. Did she also die recently? Wait a second. But what if she saw it, told him about it? He didn't believe her. And then it was already in his mind as an idea. So when he hallucinated, that's what his brain conjured. You know, Ooh, rough time. Mm. Okay. Well, there's your first uh, ghost story. And then I want to say over time, more and more people started abandoning the narrow streets, especially the wealthy who moved to Newtown. And in the 18th century, now that the rich had left and now it was just, ew, plebes in the old town they decided that they were going to build a brand new royal exchange to compete with newtown which i love that they're like we're going to build a trade (laughs) building better than the rich which like (laughs) i appreciate the gusto i appreciate that um so they decided that mary king's close was the perfect spot for the exchange but there were already houses and buildings there and instead of like digging out the foundations to fully get rid of the houses they just tore down the upper floors and built the exchange on top so by putting the exchange on top of the lower floors because remember people started living in the cellars it essentially buried the original underground so it became a street on top of a street understood understood okay Yep. Um, some people did stay in their cellar homes and uh, like in like the underneath the ground homes, meaning that they ended up living literally underground and would have to take back alleys and tunnels to get back up to the oh. ground. Like, like um, mole people. Like mole people. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell them you said that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So in 1902, the last business in Mary King's close uh, officially closed mm. and that was 150 years after it went underground so there were businesses until 1902 yeah. that were still operating underground there and then wow closed down. do you know what the last holdout was no i don't know maybe mm. being in a fucking creepy abandoned street by yourself and you know no i mean like what was the store like what was the last like, oh oh hold, oh like... oh oh sketchers <laughs> i don't know <laughs> wow they really are the only ones left at the mall huh yeah that's true <laughs> so now there's underground uh there's an underground neighborhood which is even more enclosed than it ever was above ground now that it's been wiped out and a whole new street's been put on top and when people live down there illness spread because uh, they spread even worse really because now you don't even have access to open air right Um, right then there was a crime issue because nobody could see what was going on down there so it was like the underbelly and free for all yeah exactly so it just got worse and worse. And then in there actually was a poet who wrote about the, the conditions of this underground town. And he said, the condition of the inhabitants is as little known to respectable Edinburgh as are the habits of moles and earthworms. The um, mole people. He gets it. You actually nailed it. It's like you were the poet reincarnate. I mean, it's um, incredibly rude. And I wouldn't <laughs> like, come on, like just because they're. Yeah. Anyway, but, but yes, I, I got okay. you. So those who lived and worked in the underground uh, close, they often reported ghosts wandering the buildings, which like, I I do wonder as much as I'm a believer, I wonder how much of the random sounds they must have heard was just a whole fucking town upstairs, you know, was a mole, a literal (laughs) mole, a real one. I feel like the one that was staring at everyone and then became disembodied heads. (laughs) I just feel like you'd have so many like random things that you wouldn't normally expect in your day-to-day life if you're living literally underground you know yeah 
Yeah, I don't know. Like moles. Like moles. You know what? I've said enough bullshit today. You you can go now. Yeah, that makes sense. It. I've got <laughs> it from here. <laughs> so above ground, uh, people were still seeing strange lights over uh, the lake. And once the last business closed, the town was officially abandoned. And so now there's like a whole abandoned town underneath. And it was Jeez. only used temporarily again as a bomb shelter during World War II. So that probably added only worse stuff to it. Yeah. In 2003, the Mary King's Close and the the closes in general, I guess, or the underground town became its own attraction. But before that, before 2003, which is only 20 years ago, people like me in high school, their like favorite thing to do was to go try to explore this abandoned town. Sure. Because of course. Because I, mean, I, I would have done it too. I would have totally done it. And Same. imagine if like there was like one like kind of like tall, lanky bad boy in the corner. I and he was like, I already imagined it. I'm like, I'm not, it's, I, I saw exactly what you're outlining in my, like, I, you know exactly where my brain went anyway. Oh, the way, the same reason I started the Scrabble squad at my high school, you know, <laughs> just like trying to impress a boy who was interested in my friend, you know, it's tale as old as time. <laughs> it's my true life. I'll, I'll never, like, it feel, it's truly written out of a television series for, for you to even have the gall to say oh i was trying to impress him that's why i created the scrabble squad <laughs> i can't imagine a more tina belcher experience <laughs> she's relatable what can i say did you have shirts can we can i join can i make i'll make shirts do you want a shirt i mean you could have joined until you started shitting all over the scrabble squad and then and how unsexy it is and then i kind of changed my mind like maybe i don't want you i don't want a hater you know involved what if I told you I knew like a really cool lanky bad boy in the corner? I thought you were gonna say a really cool word, and I was like, actually, that might get you in. The, the word is romance, my friend, and I can get you there. So okay, you know what? I am nothing if not fickle. So yeah, sure, you can come in. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. by the way, I don't know if I've told you this, but I really like salami now. Um, it's my new favorite food. Fuck so. you. I really, that the first reaction you just saw was me going, is she fucking you, kidding me? You made a face and I was like, oh, I've, I've angered the beast. I'm so sorry. Uh, if anyone's watching purpose. YouTube, go back in time because that was a real reaction of me thinking. I'm sorry. Do, I, I literally was flabbergasted. I was I like, think it she. Was too, maybe it was too niche of a callback. Did everybody else understand that? Or was it like, what the fuck? Why would you say that right now? Like, It was get perfectly it? niche, but I, it really, I want you to know that it's actually happened like that so many times where that face has happened so many times where I'm like, is she kidding me? Like, in the, like two conversations sometimes, ago, she said she doesn't eat this shit anymore. Sometimes I am kidding. Mostly I'm not. So I'm going to, you know what, if you keep it up, I'm going to call you a really awful word, but I'm not going to say it to you. I'm hey. just going to spell it in the Scrabble squad. You got it down next meeting i'll figure it out um i like to think that scrabble squad has a word du jour you know Ooh, yeah uh me too what's your but, word you today know, the word of the day mm -hmm. salami i was gonna say salami yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, so in 2003, it became its own attraction, um, but before then, people would try to explore it, although it was not legal. Um, some people could get access down there if you asked in advance, so psychics would go down there, investigators would go down there. One psychic said that they actually felt overwhelming hunger and sickness and being <gasps> cold, and then she Ooh. actually felt someone grab her leg like a little kid, and she ended up, I guess, seeing the little kid or sensing the little kid. Um 
who was such an intense energy she couldn't even go into one of the rooms at first and when she finally mm. did the spirit of the kid said her name was annie and she lost her doll why oh, that's terrifying and also very sad so then decide. the psychic <laughs> so then the psychic came back later to the same spot with a new doll for her and brought her some peace and ever since then any visitors will try to leave offerings for annie so she always has a doll with her okay i mean that's really sweet <laughs> get ready for the word du jour to be a fucking fist fight because oh whoa. in 2019 someone thought it'd be funny to steal annie the little <gasps> the doll the doll why would you do that um they stole annie's doll and it has never come back no. And to this day, staff still even say publicly, online, wherever they can, whoever has the doll, please bring it back. Annie really, really misses it. And <sighs> they even say, if you bring it to us, you won't even be punished. No questions asked. We just want her back for Annie. And Yeah, if you're hearing this and you know who did it, just say, oh, just go in and say, I found this. I didn't yeah, do it. I just found this you random know? thing. And honestly, in. I like to imagine that Maybe Annie just loved it so much that the thing happened where it magically disappeared from our cosmos and oh, she has maybe. it. Maybe. Let's go with that. Can you imagine if she just took her own fucking doll and then heard I was gonna say, so much kerfuffle about it? She yeah, gave it Yeah, I was going to say, she sees people like making public statements and she just sits there like, <laughs> she's like, oh shit, <laughs> they'll never know. <laughs> um, in Mary King's Close, uh, people have also seen orbs on film. They've also gotten full figure apparitions on camera. In 2005, there was uh, one of the professors of Edinburgh University. Uh, she came to do an experiment, ironically, on the supernatural. And while mm. she was down there, she was getting frustrated that she couldn't do the experiment because she kept hearing footsteps and the sounds of rustling clothing. And she thought it was uh, other people nearby, uh, but it was the supernatural. It was the supernatural. It was the supernatural. She said, from a professional point of view, I was annoyed because I thought it was someone intruding on our experiment. LOL, it was the ghost babe. Um, <laughs> they were like, we are the experiment. Hello. <laughs> it's like, we're right here. We're giving you everything you want. I'm the star. Uh, people will see a large imposing figure in this area, and many investigators have gotten EVPs. Some personal favorites are when the investigators asked, are you sick of seeing us yet? And a voice said, yes, I am. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry. I didn't know I was supposed to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and and then another one, someone said, would you like us to leave now? And then the voice said, just get out, which oh. I like that. I like to think just get out was said with like, like a really slow cigarette pull. It's like, just get out. It's like, <laughs> finally, a question I can answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, others have claimed to see the ghost of Major Thomas Weir. I am confused if Major is his name or his title. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming but title, but I don't know. I am too, but then he starts being referred to as Major, and I'm like, oh, okay. then maybe not. I don't know. Remember that time that someone was named Welcome in one of your bullshit stories? Yeah, I do. And then I Googled, <laughs> what does the name Welcome mean? And babycenter.com said, the name Welcome means welcome. And I was like, Thank you so much. This is extremely like, helpful information. I'm so glad I ran in a circle for however long I did. <laughs> um, Thomas Weir. Weird. Weird. Sorry. Weir without the D. Yeah. Um, Major Thomas Weir. So Major Weir is his name. Like, yeah. So that's his title. That's his rank. 
Oh, 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 okay, 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 okay. Because, by the way, as a kid, you know the kids would call him Major Weirdo. Like, obviously. <laughs> Major Weirdo. Uh, <laughs> or you are and such if a it bully today. If it weren't the kids in middle school, now that I know it's his rank, you know someone in the military hates him and calls him Major Weirdo. Major Weirdo. Um, others have claimed to see the ghost of Major Thomas Weir, who was known to carry a staff with him wherever he went. Yikes. But I guess he also Weirdo. does that as a... <laughs> so he was a respected member of his church by the way we're ending on this story and i just want you to know like i saved this for last because talk about a fucking crazy ride it's i mean truly major weirdo so okay i'm excited he was a respected member of his church i'm only giving you backstory the point is people see his apparition but just so we all know who he was here we go he was a respected member of his church until one day during prayer he announced to the clergy voluntarily that he was working with the devil. <gasps> he could have just he could just not fucking said that and been like, fine. But okay. Put that in your LinkedIn. Don't take that to church with you. <laughs> put it in your Zanga and nowhere else. Like what are you talking nowhere about? Nowhere else. Put it in your away message so people can like question it at least. Yeah, like put it in a like more vague. You know, it's not even you just like took all the mystery out of it. Yeah. And also like if you you had you had a good situation. You were a you had a high rank. You were a respected member of your community. And then cool one nickname? day he woke up and he said, never fucking mind. So, yeah. Tells the church he's working with the devil. And then he goes, oh, 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 that's not all. And then he goes, he accuses himself of bestiality. Yikes. Oh, what? In- incest with his unmarried sister. I love how unmarried is the crime. <laughs> okay. Don't um, worry though, she's not married, so don't worry. I didn't I didn't disrespect another man. I just oh, slept with God. my sister. That's horrifying. Um, and he also admitted to learning witchcraft sorcery from his mother. So he really just hit all the buzzwords and This is getting weird. It's almost like he knew he was about to get caught in something not that bad. Like maybe he like there was like a cheating scandal and he was like, Let me just put all these other ones in front of people. So like, while while we're admitting things. It was almost like he, it was like a weird defense where his defense was offense. And he was like, here's all these terrible things about me for you to focus on. So you don't pay attention to the other thing. That's the truth. That tiny little thing I did. Yeah. Um. So, okay. So he says, I'm working with the devil. I'm into bestiality. I bang my sister and my mom is a witch. Then he says. That sounds like the Monty Python. Like your, <laughs> your dad is a whatever the fuck. <laughs> then, then people try to. I love how like that was all way too much for people to process. And so they didn't even know what to do. And they're trying to save him from himself. They're oh, literally no. like, they're like, buddy, like you just Mind say out loud. Down. You're just say you're mentally ill. So that way, none of these confessions we can work with, like just say something's up and we can ignore all of it. Just like, say you caught that hallucinating Ill- disease from that guy who saw the heads. Right. And we'll <laughs> understand. Just say you breathe in too much poop air. It's okay. We, just say we've it. all been there. We've all done it. We've all done it. It's okay. Also, like, um, like this is around a time period when like they were torturing women to admit that they were witches and then right. killing them on site for any sink for a birthmark. This man stands up and says, I am into witchcraft and so much worse. Like and the, then they're why? like, buddy, calm down. That can't be real. That's not real. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, real. yeah, yeah. They're like, we know you better than that, silly goose. <laughs> it's like, literally I'm like, like you, you don't have a woman's illness. God forbid. Yeah. 
So anyway, just to remind you that throughout history, men get away with everything. Um, He said, I want to sleep with dogs and my family. And they went, that's okay, buddy. What a silly, silly goose. Just too much poop air. Just too much poop air. It happens. Um, Anyway, then you think, oh, man, that's the season finale material we were looking for. Guess again, because his sister corroborates the story. Uh-oh. And claims that she, not even like, oh, he's like assaulting me. He says, she says, no, 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 we're, we're into it. Oh, and, no. and I have a witch mark on my forehead, probably like a wrinkle or something. Cause she's probably <laughs> 21 and not married. Oh yeah. She's unmarried. Remember <laughs> that's the problem. Um, she's got a one wrinkle on her forehead. Sick. Um, <laughs> and then. And then both of them together insisted, I mean, this has to be mental illness. They then both insisted on being tried and executed. Like they said, they literally that morning they woke up, everyone loved them. And then by nightfall, they were begging people to kill them. Okay. Then in the end, the courts didn't want to charge them with witchcraft. Oh, the irony. Yeah. And then ended up, it was like, we'll, we'll find you guilty for other things, but not witchcraft. So they were, relinquished of the witchcraft crime but they were found guilty of bestiality and that was enough to have them hanged and their remains burned which like what which like i appreciate that they had that kind of guilt i guess but like like you could have also never said anything and gotten away with it so like i want to know what the thought process was there this is so weird at the scaffold for her execution the sister i guess in a blaze of glory she was like this is my last time to really like make a statement at her execution, she says, uh, executioner, uno momento, and then takes all of her clothes off in front of the crowd. <gasps> um, just to be remember remembered? I don't know. I don't know. It all feels really uh, very unstable. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Something was off for sure. Like, What the fuck is going on here? And then on the way to his execution, um, the uh, major weirdo he was marched through mary king's close and they think some of his energy is still lingering around there so if you ever feel anything fucking chaotic (sighs) just know that it might be him keep walking don't look up you might see his head or i don't know i don't know i don't know what the deal is there i don't want to know i don't don't really don't (laughs) Mm -mm. um anyway so he's probably the the wildest energy you're going to pick up in mary king's close but visitors Visitors in general can take tours of the close today, and um, many people have said, just like with that psychic, that they feel very cold out of nowhere. They're overcome mm. with emotions. They feel sick. They get really, really hungry. They see apparitions walking around, going through the walls and down the halls. They get grabbed. They hear voices. And before you do go on a tour, even if it's not like a spooky haunted tour, mm. um, the tour guides like make a public statement that like don't even think about checking out these narrow pathways if you're claustrophobic so oh okay yeah good to know or afraid of the dark because it's it gets dark really quick when there's no sunlight because of all the buildings so great anyway that is mary king's close jeez that was a fucking journey dude i know i really talked forever i'm, I'm sorry I'm, no i mean no we we if <laughs> i don't know if only youtubers can sense this but we had a couple technical difficulties right in the middle so it probably just feels long but um very fun no, when great... people think that uh 
almost 400 episodes into this, we've got it figured out. Every every day there's a tech issue. There's always <laughs> so, something. Always. Um, always. Okay. Well, um, I have a... It's finally time for you to understand why I am in the headspace that I... Should, should we... Do it. Crack into it? Let's crack into the story of Dennis Rader. Please stand by. We have to step away. We're back. We we had some kerfuff. Some it felt like the universe was trying to shut it down as um we recorded this episode. So we took we we took a little break. Um, so if you're on YouTube and you're like, why are they? Why did they do a costume change? Um, we thought about. I have wearing- depression. And I don't often change my clothes, so maybe I'm wearing the same thing. I don't remember You're not. anymore. You're not. I checked. But um, oh, okay. I I was wearing my momster shirt, and I was like, well, you know, oh. I could put it back on. I don't have any problems with wearing dirty clothes, but that just seems disingenuous because we did take a little break. And while we were taking said break, I um, felt really uh, like making my own life difficult and decided to keep watching um, – more information about the topic i'm covering today um mm-hmm. and so now i'm coming back to m with a <laughs> revised you know remember when they would sell textbooks so m earlier said chegg oh. <laughs> <laughs> and i said this is like your seventh edition the fuck? <laughs> yeah where they changed the edition just to make you pay 140 dollars for it even though like they changed the color of the font or something right um, right right they changed is... the the history textbook with the white man in an right, Egyptian right, right. outfit like it's not gonna... to yeah, it's never had ever a white changed. man in a, a different racist yeah. outfit. Like, they yeah. took, they've changed the number of buttons on George Washington's petticoat. Well, <laughs> that's kind of what I did here today. I'm here with all sorts of petticoats. M has heard part of the story, and Eva said we could throw her under the bus, so I'm going to do exactly oh, that. Sure. Apparently, oh, she... let me get the list. Hang on. <laughs> No, M. That not that part. We're, oh. That is a whole separate episode. Eva, cut that out. You didn't hear about it. <laughs> Eva, cut that out. Uh, no, Eva apparently is like new, new day, new her, and got like a treadmill that she walks on at the desk, and then also bought an Apple Watch on eBay, and then also decided to learn what Siri does and is, um, and I guess call, tried to t- <laughs> while we were recording tried to. T- to Rachel and like the whole call just like <laughs> interfered with our just, like, episode down. the um, whole thing shut down yeah yeah so so anyway all that to say it's a it's a combination of all our faults really probably not M's but maybe mine but mainly Eva's, Eva's so <laughs> but, um, mostly Eva's, no. um, <laughs> but so yeah anyway. so if you if you are on YouTube you'll notice that our intro and our are we in like? Th- do we do three different costume changes throughout this no, episode? No, we're not doing your story again. Oh right, right. No, but in the intro, we're really talking about how much fun we're having, like why we drink. No, we already did that. All that. Right, but aren't we going to be in different clothes than that right now? Yeah, and but then, also... and then next week, this is a part two. Surprise to everybody! No, this and is we'll part be in different one. Clothes. Right, and then next week will be part two. Yeah, but part two we record on a different day. Oh, right. Shit. For a second, I thought we were just like, <laughs> like spinning around backstage and doing a bunch of changes, bunch Am of changes, I, bunch of changes. What is happening? Okay, basically this episode <laughs> is for one. <laughs> I forget what's a podcast. Hang on. Ah! Um, 
Thank God no one's listening to this right now. Um, anyway, yeah, okay. I'm just going to tell the story. And um, <laughs> okay. Em already knows the story because I started it la- when we recorded this a couple days ago. I'm going to start it over again. I'm covering BTK, okay? Mm. BTK, Dennis Rader. Ever heard of him? He's a fucking terror. And he lives in my brain. And I'm so ready to get him out of there. So ready. I'm so yeah. ready. Can we all give um everywhere where everyone is, um, raise your drinks and let's give Christine like a little <laughs> sip across the globe because Aww. um she has had one of uh, the worst uh, criminals in her mind for, I don't know, two weeks, <laughs> three fuck? weeks now? No, months now. It's been, I swear to God, I went back. It's been probably like two months, maybe six weeks that I've been working on this. And um, it, it all began. Let me blame someone else. It all began when I first listened to the Creeps and Crimes three-parter that Taylor did on uh, BTK. And I was like, wow, this is like so hard-hitting and so well done. And she was so fucked up by the story that I listened to it and then I got fucked up by the story. And then I was like, well, now I have to cover it. So if you wait a few months, like did research, now I'm covering it. And I'm like, I know how she feels. He lives in your brain. It's terrible. Um, And so now that I'm redoing this again, it's time to get him out. Let's fucking get him out. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And by that, I mean, I'm just putting it into all your brains and I'm so sorry. But um, <laughs> if you're if you happen to also be a true crime podcaster and you want to report on him. <laughs> yeah. You can. Oh my God. It's just it's just a chain of trauma. It's a between... chain email. If you send Yay. this to seven people, <laughs> the girl from the ring won't come out of your TV. Um, oh, well, but we do. We we show up in your TV sometimes in, if you're watching in us many on costume changes. You'll never know. Um, OK. <laughs> I feel like such an idiot. OK. I'm so sorry, everybody. All right. This is a really long um, intro into my half of the episode, and I do apologize. Okay. So let's just get into it. All right. um, Let me tell you about BTK. I'm going to tell myself that you forgot most of this already. I Um, did. And and you did say that since we recorded last time, you've done even more research. So there is information that I just... A lot more new stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is actually pretty much a new episode to me. Pretty brand new to you. Okay, great. So... The BTK killer, as he is known, otherwise known as Dennis Rader, was a prolific serial killer who was active from the 1970s, um, which was the golden age, as terrible as a phrase as that is, of serial Mm -hmm. killers, uh, Mm -hmm. into the 90s. And it was uh, Dennis Rader himself who suggested his own title, which is just as loserish as you can imagine. Um, (laughs) It, of course, stood for his notorious method of murder. You did pass this test last time, but... Can you tell the people what BTK stands for? Yes, and I, I, I'm glad I took a beat with myself because I almost said it really excitedly since I've passed a test. And, right. right. And now I'm going to bring it back down. Right. Bring it gotcha. back down. Um, BTK stands for Bind, Torture, and Kill. That's correct. And um, fucking terrible. We'll get into why, but I think you can all guess. Um, so this guy Dennis Rader he desperately wanted recognition he idolized other serial killers like Ted Bundy he really wanted attention and that would ultimately be his downfall which I feel like we've seen with other narcissistic serial killers in the past um and he took such pride in what he did the fucked up things he did and he liked his own title that he gave himself so much that we are going to call him Dennis Raider today because Dennis yes. probably is like the least assuming. It's well, like the you most made a, ra- like, you made like a really good point. Name. You made a really good point um, the first time we recorded this, which nobody else got to hear. But um, and I know you just said it quickly, but last time you kind of lingered on it. And I think it's important to mention that 
you know, so many people that we cover, one of the reasons that they do it or one of the side benefits to them is that they get this notoriety Mm -hmm. of, you know, this is what I did to them or they're my victims, not their survivors of what Mm. bullshit I pulled out. And all he I mean, he literally named himself because he wanted to be known. And so one of the reasons you said last time that we're going to be calling him Dennis is just our own extra version of fuck you. We're not going to yeah. call you no. the the whatever weird supervillain name you created for yourself. Yeah. Like, I don't want you jacking off to your own nickname, you fucking pervert. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So we're going to call him Dennis. You know what? Just a normal guy from Kansas, Dennis. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dennis was born March 9th, 1945. And this part is probably one of the wildest, even though it sounds innocuous statements in this whole set of notes, is that he had such a normal childhood that mm. it just, just does not seem conceivable why he turned into what he turned into. Right. So you know, that's not a normal thing with these guys, right? Like there's usually some trauma, some abuse. Nope. A head injury. He, uh, yeah, a head injury, anything. you know. And he's claimed... <clears throat> that he had head injuries and I kind of looked into that a little bit and he claimed oh I was dropped on the head um as a baby and it was such a severe blow to my head that I turned blue but like nobody can really for sure say if that's true a and b if that would have turned him into this kind of monster so right beyond that his his family they were just a regular old church going uh Wichita family active in the community um uh, one of Dennis's friends from childhood remembered him being like somewhat competitive um, and could even be, you know, kind of a bully, like a sore loser. But I'm like, I know many kids, including myself, who probably behaved that way. And, you know, it wasn't a red flag enough to turn <laughs> be, turn my parents into, you know, uh, to put them right. on high alert. It, it, he's just a normal bratty kid. So inside, unfortunately, during this time, which nobody, of course, knew. He was harboring quite a few dark fantasies. And this all started when he was in grade school. So he and his mm. friends would play um, cops and robbers or like the even less PC version cowboys, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. they would tie each other up in barns. And that is kind of when he first realized that the act of being tied up, but more so the act of someone else being tied up and restrained was very arousing to him. And I don't know that he knew what arousal was but it gave him you know a funny feeling so um, not- there was oh, oh go ahead sorry no sorry now i'm just on my like fucking train to nowhere um i know please, but for the sake of banter let me <laughs> <laughs> i i pulled it and it's it's broken off and the car's You're still like, going oops. 60 miles an hour <laughs> um, hey, it's like me on the highway oh <laughs> christine Aww, too soon um, I was just for the sake of banter going to be willing to embarrass myself if you were interested. Oh, oh my God. I would love nothing more. Yeah. Um, so when we were, when I was younger, like a little kid, um, we had, my mom's house still has a basement and they have like these um, load bearing poles down there. Mm. And my friends and I also used to tie each other up on the pole. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know what that was about, but I also was really into it. And like, oh! not like, and I, I don't know, I don't know why, because that has, for the record, I don't know if anyone's caught on to my ways, but it has not translated to like no. adult me. But um, something as a kid, I, 
I don't know what it was, but I remember we used to tie each other. like statement, like, I don't know if you all have caught on, but I'm really not that into BDSM just in, in case, my own relationship. <laughs> like, what? Just, I know someone's got a side <laughs> comment about being tied up and like, it, I have... Right. Since we're there, let me just say I have made a, a hard line that I'm not interested in being tied up. Uh, like, here's a main reason, like as an adult, oh, I'm afraid okay. someone's going to touch my armpits. I'm like, I'm like, what oh, if God. I get tickled? I can't tolerate. I don't even want to know about it. Um, well, I am sorry that I'm taking my clothes off, but it's so oh, hot. <laughs> sorry, here comes. I'm sorry. I thought I was wearing. <laughs> Christine's no, I shoulders wearing are a t-shirt. Out. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me oh, put on I- this. Not while I'm in this the middle like of so talking about of- like my awakening. Why am I doing that? I'm just so sweaty. It's you not an wish we were tying each other up to a pole, Christine, sweat. I think. <laughs> no, we would. Oh, okay, God. here's the weird thing, though. As a little kid, we I had like a tea set. Like, I feel like we, a lot of us had tea sets. Mm-hmm. Um, in hindsight, this is like so foul, like bacteria wise, because like I don't remember the, ever washing them ever. But right. I we used to I had a place a tea set down there. We had this like game of chase, and whoever lost had to get tied to the pole, <laughs> and then, and then we would force feed each other Sprite in the tea set, <laughs> and I don't know what I don't know how that came about. I don't know why it lasted for years. That was a big game we played, um, and I also now in hindsight I'm like, wow, just think of how many years of old sticky Sprite was at the bottom of that, and we just kept <laughs> drinking new Sprite out of it. At least it was all chemically, you know. It's just like that fucking it, it was probably sugar. Not it just eats away bad. the porcelain or whatever. <laughs> it was yeah. The, you mean the uh, grade one plastic? Um, yeah, it was <laughs> the made in China little tykes <laughs> plastic. Yeah, but I remember like one of my friends at the time I had a crush on her. And so I would, like, want to play this game a lot more with her. I was like, mm. I want to be force-fed Sprite. I don't know what my problem was, but... Um, well, Allison, maybe that's something to try. You know, Allison, get some Sprite. Maybe it'll, like, spark a new interest, you know? I don't know. I mean, I'm just okay, saying. But, but as an adult now, I'm like, oh, but, like, if I can't drink my own Sprite, like, it's so oh, it's so sticky. It's like, ugh, oh, like, God. sensory overload. Um. Anyway... Mom, if you're listening, that's what we did downstairs. Well, so. okay. Can I tell you a secret that I've literally not Let's told anybody ever? And um, I'm putting my sweatshirt back on because the cord of my headphones. Of the shame. No, well, that too. But the cord <laughs> of the headphones is through the hoodie, so oh, Christine, does not. I know. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Like you just literally undressed for me to talk about a sexual fantasy, and then and put your you clothes literally back on. said I wanted to be tied up, and then I just whipped my shirt off. Like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> I didn't do it intentionally. And then I said, story's over, and you put your shirt back on. I was I know. The- <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is, like, sickening, the way I'm behaving today. That was today. such a tease. Wait a I'm minute. I'm so sorry. Okay, let me put my Ruth Bader Ginsburg's shirt back on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Go ahead. Here's the thing. Um, We played a game where we would have... Okay, this is so embarrassing. I'm sweating so much, and I'm still friends with one of these people. <laughs> so I hope she doesn't hear this. But I can't we wait this to hear it. Game in our friend's basement where we would pretend to be like the mailman and then the other person would invite us in for tea and then we would drink tea out of the tea set. This seems to be like a weird parallel. But would and the then, mailman force feed the tea? I we No, but then they would fall in love and uh-huh. then we didn't know what it was, but we would go lay down in bed, and then the other person would come home from work and say, "Honey, I'm home." And find what is this a telenovela? Tip? What are you talking about? 
<laughs> find the other two with the tea set scattered about. Uh, and we played this weird, like, uh, adultery game, interesting <laughs> adultery fantasy game. Um, interesting. Cause and- if you were drinking tea with anyone else, I would also consider that cheating. So your, um, your role <laughs> yeah, play well, has come to life. A few of us turned out pretty gay. So I'm like, maybe that was what's happening. Um, you know, the people in that group that I recall several, you know, several, I, I wonder if that was part of it. I don't know. I'm just saying maybe that was like a, a gay thing that there kids was- did. There was another game. Eva, I don't know. did you play T set and tie tie you up to a pole, or is that just like a fucked <laughs> I, up divorce kid thing? I think that's an HR problem. I think maybe we should ask Eva. <laughs> Never mind. Don't answer that. You're completely right. You're com- M. You are a hundred percent right. I'm crossing every line today. Stop. Eva, do Eva, not did answer you that? ever have a role play? Fit? Did you ever tie up children? What the fuck? Stop it, Christine. You can't ask that question. I feel like I've lost my damn mind today. I feel like I've really lost it. Like, should we wait another few days to record this episode? <laughs> I don't think I can talk about this anymore. Okay, uh, shifting gears. I like uh, there was another game. Um, I don't remember what it was called, but it was something. It, it was with the same girl that would tie me up and force me to be sprite. What, uh, and you well, know you should she, check what she's up to today because I can well, almost guarantee she's I know. still one of my best friends, and she's like as straight as an arrow. And I'm like, that oh, doesn't make sense. Like that, sure? like you were doing some really gay shit. So like, maybe she was just getting it out of her system. Maybe if only it were that easy for me. Um, I know, but... right? That's the thing parents say, right? Like they're just—it's a face. It was just—it's a face. a face. I remember we also. Okay, well, I can't even get into that. Um, <laughs> we, uh, there was, there was a game we would play it. It was like also well, it was also kind of my favorite game because like okay, um, okay. you would like sit on each other's laps and like try to flirt with each other. And like, <laughs> literally, now just we're one upping each other's stories. Did all kids do this? Do all kids do like weird, fucked up stuff like this? I think maybe it's normal. I don't know. We were like ten, and like the whole thing was like you had to ask a certain question or something. I don't remember what it was. It was um, I don't remember the question. But you would like sit on each other's laps in a circle, and you would try to make the you try to flirt until the other one got uncomfortable, and then you won. <laughs> it was like super weird, but. The joke was, uh, she didn't know I had a crush on her, and her flirting was, I definitely was very comfortable with it. So, um, oh, you were I like, won. sorry, I'm never going to lose, baby. Keep so going. I won. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, I, it was just such a weird game. I don't know why, I don't know where that came from, but. Okay, I'm sorry to say, I do have an update. Eva what? said, I did let my sister and friend lock me in the dog cage part of the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh man okay you know what i'm glad you voluntarily gave us some information eva because i was i was a little curious but um please for the record i did not elicit this information forcefully (laughs) (laughs) everything's alleged i don't know um okay so anyway so far we played fucked up games so far, we're very similar to VTK. I don't I like know. that. And that's um, okay. And I know maybe it comes off as um, like in poor taste to discuss and laugh about that as as we're talking about the story. But it really does go to show. And I feel like this is definitely a pattern of this whole episode is that which we briefly discussed last time when Siri shut us down, um, that people like to dehumanize him. In a lot of instances that I've listened to, you know, podcasts or or documentaries, people have like an inclination, which is totally understandable. 
but an inclination to turn him into like this inhuman monster creature that we could never relate to that we could never understand and um one of the documentaries that i watch her docuseries i guess uh the woman who is a she's like a, a forensic profile i believe forensic psychologist and she interviews dennis Rader, and she's gotten a lot of flack for this because you know like we said all he wants is to get his own story out there and he loves to be heard mm-hmm. and so it is a little bit like iffy that he's narrating basically this whole docuseries but she makes a very you know um good point to say the reason i do this is because i want to go back and see what this person who's done these atrocious things was like as a kid so maybe over Mm. time we can start to recognize these signs we can we can act before things get so out of hand and so many people are killed and hurt and you know it's interesting because clearly we do have similarities as i think most people would hope they have zero similarities with dennis Rader. but you know that's part of why it's so scary is that this is a person you can relate to this is a person who did similar childhood things as us this is a person who uh could be your dad your neighbor your Mm -hmm. uh i don't know accountant whatever it's like the the worst part of true crime is that even the biggest monster in some way is human like Mm -hmm. there's unfortunately right like yeah exactly we don't like you don't want to relate to them but even if it's something as small as like you both have the same favorite ice cream flavor like there is a human part to each of these people which maybe i think it's uncomfortable because we so desperately don't want to have any any way to relate to a person like this and yet these people do have families there are people who are collateral damage and them Mm -hmm. doing this kind of these awful atrocities it's there's people on the other side who you do want to empathize for that happen to know him, you know? And so exactly, exactly. And who, who didn't realize, and you've made this point before in previous episodes too, that like, you'd like to think that you'd be able to spot somebody from a mile away, somebody mm-hmm. so sick in the head, somebody who did such terrible things, but people like this are so good at compartmentalizing at separating their, you know, day to day face to face version of themselves or even at home with family that that you his own family never knew what he was doing mm-hmm. behind the scenes and how extreme it was so yeah i just feel like when we <laughs> when we joke about oh haha we did stuff like that too it's like well you know a lot of kids probably do it's probably pretty normal it's just that he recalls it in such a different light saying like that is when i realized you know this was a fetish and guess what a lot of people have fetishes. A lot of people have exactly this fetish being tied up and it doesn't turn into what it does in this story. So, you know, there's right. just so many elements of like, this is a normal guy until it's not, until he takes things right. so like, far that we can't relate. There's a, I think what I find fascinating in that type of, I guess, research that she's doing is where does the nuance become criminal or like Like where's the red flag almost because like like you said a lot of people tie each other up as kids and realize that they've got a thing there and and that's not criminal for anybody else so like where where was the line or what was it in what was like the too far what was the line where it said it should set off alarm bells you know what's the sign where it's like oh this is not just normal kids play we probably will never know yeah we probably will never know 
Um, so that's just kind of uh, insight into where this began for him. But of course, as we know, it just uh, progressed and progressed and got a lot worse. Um, but otherwise, he had a pretty normal, quote unquote, for, you know, the <laughs> as far as serial killers are concerned, a relatively normal childhood. Um, mm -hmm. There is another formative moment that he does recall. And I think this one is probably a little more unique and a little more um, telling. But at one point he explains that his mother's ring. So she was vacuuming under the couch and her ring got caught on a spring underneath the couch. And she was stuck and she kind of panicked because she couldn't undo her. She couldn't reach her hand with her other hand. And so she shouted at him, go get help. And Dennis saw her face this person who his mother, who is usually in charge, who usually, mm -hmm. uh, you know, is his superior, is now trapped and needs his help. And that cemented this response in his mind. He froze. He felt feelings of arousal. He said he realized that her being, you know, trapped and struggling was really attractive to him, really sexually arousing. And this terror mm -hmm. and con her terror and his control was really intoxicating. And he did ultimately break from this trance and run to his grandma's house next door to get help. But that kind of stuck in his mind. And as an example of some more, uh, when he basically took these feelings and turned them into action items, um, he mm -hmm. had in fifth grade a beef, a beef, okay. not, not, a, not beef, a beef with a fifth grade teacher. And uh, he said, you know, she just had this complex and she liked to push me around so he <laughs> went to her house, this is in fifth grade, and began watching her through the windows. Oh, my. Yeah. And this for a little bit was enough, but eventually he needed more. Um, so one day he brought a rope with him and he tied himself up to the trellis as he watched her. And that was the first time he ever came to completion. Uh, and that is, well, by the way, I... I I need to mention this now because I want to get it out of the way and never discuss it again. Um, he called his his um, completion. He called it Sparky Big Time. Of all the things you could call it, that's <laughs> not the most clever. Um, it's just fucking gross and stupid because, like, get over yourself. Like, he did this through his whole... I'm not talking in fifth grade, by the way, people. I'm talking, like, as a grown-ass adult he would talk mm. about it and call it sparky big time. And it's like, get it together, fucking guy. Like, I am not usually, I'm not, I'm, I don't understand people naming things, but if you're gonna do it, it better be fucking worth it. And like that, it's that's, not, right? It's, it's not, not even, even a little good. Like, that's, what are we supposed to do? Be like, good one, you know? Like, what's the right, goal here? I don't know. Like, here I go fake knee slapping. Like, that is yeah, just, har, har. It's just gross. gross. Yeah. So people thought of Dennis. They didn't obviously know these things about him, or I imagine these are the massive red flags we would have looked out for. But right. <laughs> people, <laughs> I answered that question that that FBI psychologist was asking. Yeah. Um, but people <laughs> typically, what's too far? Um, tying yourself to your teacher's trellis to ejaculate on the floor. Yeah, that's probably too actually. Far. Yeah, very quickly we figured out that something like had already not clicked yeah. right around exactly. There. So people typically thought of Dennis as just like an average kid. And that ended up being almost his superpower because people really couldn't imagine that he, this kind of humdrum guy, could be something so monstrous behind the scenes. 
So he lived in Wichita or the Wichita area, at least for his whole life, except for four years, uh, 1966 to 70, when he served in the Air Force. And after he came home from the Air Air Force, he quickly found the woman he was going to marry. Her name was Paula, and they met at church. They were actually, by all accounts, pretty happy together, at least, you know, for a couple in that time period Mm -hmm. who maybe didn't know all the secrets of the other partner. Uh, But they seemed pretty happy. You know, he treated her well, quote unquote. And he to this day claims I was a good father and a good spouse. And like he fails to see that treating someone well and then doing all these other things outside the home doesn't make you like you're still a shitty father because now you're putting your children through right. what you did outside like he's it not extrapolating his yes what yeah. his like the the cause and effect of his yeah, actions you can't, he just doesn't see that he like considers them completely separate it's and like so, well i he, made her dino chicken nuggets yeah so. exactly so how bad could i be and it's like you fucker very bad and your family does not like you anymore because of that you know and he just can't understand it so In any case, Paula and Dennis seemed pretty happy together. Dennis continued to live a pretty quiet, typical Midwestern life. Um, It seemed pretty damn normal to his friends and family. But of course, as we know now, Dennis was really living an insidious double life that not even his own wife, Paula, suspected. So early in their marriage, he was already breaking into and entering people's houses. And the catalyst for that was getting laid off from his dream job. He got a job at Cessna, uh, the the airplane company, and Mm -hmm. he loved it but after only a short while he was laid off and he's not sure why to this day but for some reason he uses that as sort of an excuse or a reason as to why he started breaking into people's houses like out of anger and frustration he took it out on women uh who who had nothing to do with him losing his job but for some reason it gave him a thrill of power and control to invade someone else's space, steal from them. They wouldn't know he was there. He got off on that. But of course, that would not be enough, you know, after a certain amount of time. So in January 1974, 28-year-old Dennis made the leap, and boy was it a leap, from burglary to murder. One day, while driving his wife Paula to work, Dennis spotted 34-year-old Julie Otero outside with one of her children. The Oteros were a family of seven, including parents Joseph and Julie and their five children. And they had just moved to Wichita six months earlier. Joseph Otero, the father, was outgoing, friendly, fun-loving. Julie was known as a loving parent. She was described as a mother, first and foremost, who prioritized and doted on her children. And looking at her, Dennis said, that's her. That's, That's my first victim. He was also, unfortunately, particularly interested in... 11-year-old Josephine, their daughter. Mm. And he later explained that he was, quote, attracted to Hispanic women with their dark skin, hair, and eyes. And all the fucked upery aside, this is also a child, an 11-year-old. So, like, women doesn't apply here. But, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that, just to give you an idea of, like, how his own fucked up mind works. So he spent two months stalking Julie and getting to know her routine. And finally, on January 15th, 1974, he made his move. Now I'm going to tell you his plan because let's just say things did not go according to his original plan. Okay. So his plan was to attack both Julie and Josephine because he knew when they would be home. 
According to the jailhouse interviews used for the docuseries I was referencing earlier, which is called BTK Confessions of a Serial Killer, and I want to point out again to take anything heat that comes out of his mouth uh, with a grain of salt because he loves to hear himself talk. He loves to create his own narrative. But according to his own words, his plan was to kidnap Julie, take her out to his family's barn, and basically set up a sort of torture shed Mm. where he could you know do perverted horrible things to her and then ultimately hang her this was his oh my god jesus okay i know and in fact he'd actually been working on something called his silo of terror oh my god what the fuck yeah yeah, I I hate to do this to you, Em, but I'm gonna. I have a blueprint, a hand-drawn blueprint. Oh, okay. I do want to see it out of morbid curiosity, but I, I also it, have the chills at the same time. Ooh, I know. It's it's pretty horrific. Um, Here's one picture of it. Oh, my God. Well, it's pretty fucking detailed. Yes. Wow. That's a, that's a real whole layout. Oh, my God. It's, he really thought of himself as some sort of fucking creative genius like biggest eye roll of all time accompanying that because like he is proud of this shit and it's like you what are you proud of this is so fucked up like get a hobby Mm, well he did get a hobby Um, i guess so get a better different hobby yeah yeah sorry i wasn't clear enough but basically this silo of terror he had these blueprints um and he used colored pencil to color code them. Like, it's just fucking stupid. Uh, but this was his big plan. It never came to fruition, thank God. Um, but he'd had this plan in his mind where he would create a silo of terror and it had nooses and one of those medieval torture wheels inside of it in his mind. Not really. Mm. And the wildest part to me, which is something I hadn't realized about him, is he had this fantasy where he fantasized about women being strapped to a train track and getting run over by a train oh my jesus christ and this was apparently part of the blueprint of his fucking Uh, he was gonna put a train in there sorry uh, the mountain of tasks it would take to get a train in there talking about how how do you stop the train fast enough that doesn't crash into the other side of the house of the silo like isn't a silo tall and like is it is it I don't understand. Like, I like, don't is understand. it just on a continuous track, like around one of those Christmas villages, and you just put oh, people right. on there in a circle? Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, I know, like, I, every, the logistics are wild. But if you if you zoom in, so which I up, which I rec- recommend you don't do, but I'm going to make you do anyway. Um, if okay. you zoom in, you can mm-hmm. see the train up top. Um, to the right. <gasps> That's a, yes, that's a train i was wondering what that was i thought it was like a clock tower or something it but yeah. does look like a clock tower but it is a full-ass train um and the fact that, that he was, was trying to build a train station like, as a hobby t- is that's how that's for, how highly he thought torture. of himself right he's like i worked at cessna for two minutes i can build a train okay sir. yeah i'm an engineer not only can i build the tracks the foundation to put a train on and the train and like first of all and also how are you going to get a train in there without like the town realizing there's a fucking like, train hey, somewhere. Where did our train go? <laughs> it's like you. Yeah. It's I. I mean, like the amount of questions I would have yeah. 
is actually could be its own podcast but exactly and to to hear that's what's so frustrating too is like to hear him talk about it in this docuseries where he's like so proud and of course it's sickening because you're like this fucking guy getting off on telling the story but like there's something about hearing him talk about it and you're like wow he's really fucking delusional enough to think he can put a train inside a silo like he fully is proud of this idea he just thinks it's a fucking great idea and um like was like where was the silo gonna be because you know a neighbor would hear a train through the wall like a a train that moves five feet or ten feet or however big and also stops immediately like so that it doesn't crash into their other apartment like it it makes no fucking sense he delusional is the perfect word delusional and to this day thinks that it's such a great idea you know which is like wow he really has not picked up I like he, on I, f- I feel like he I don't have any reference to point at but I I like that because he drew a blueprint of it he thinks he's had everyone fooled like all the other questions don't matter yeah. he's like well I sketched it so I don't know what you're confused about yeah I used colored pencil to color code uh different yeah, levels the, of the train silo. is looks like a clock tower you saw it so <laughs> uh, you saw it right we all saw it yeah yeah exactly Ugh. it's like he suddenly thinks he's some sort of fucking mastermind and it's like okay guy um so anyway, we're back to January 15th. I tell you that to tell you this is what his quote-unquote grand scheme was for Julie. Okay. This is what he wanted to do. I think we were all safe from that plan. but That okay. plan was probably never going to happen. Exactly. So January 15th, 1974, Dennis climbs over the back fence of the Oteros property, and he's wearing his Air Force parka. It's filled, the pockets are filled with bindings and various weapons. He is really nervous because this is, this is his first murder, his first kill. So he creeps through the backyard and he cuts the phone line, which is becomes part of his MO. That's when he notices dog prints and he had not planned for the family to have a dog. Um, And he almost backed out at this point, which is like gut wrenching because Mm -hmm. we were this close to not even having this whole occurrence happen. But he almost backed out almost instead when someone opened the back door to let the dog out. Dennis jumped into action and said, this is my moment. So he walked through the back door and he caught Julie Otero by surprise as she made sandwiches in the kitchen. But it was not just Julie at home. There was also the youngest child, nine-year-old Joseph Jr. or Joey, who was also there in addition to Julie and Josephine, who he expected. And then in walks Mr. Joseph Otero himself, the father of the family, who's supposed to be at work, according to BTK Dennis's plans. Apparently, Dennis had not done as much research as he thought he had, or he wasn't as good at it, (laughs) shocker, as he thought he was, because it turns out Joseph Otero had actually broken a few ribs at work, and he was at home recovering on a sort of workers' comp situation. And so he's suddenly, instead of two people, a woman and a child, he's now confronted with four. Uh, So he's totally off his his game already, right? And Mm -hmm. Joseph Otero, of course, is completely startled i want to also remind everybody this is occurring in the morning this is like 8 a.m so they're just you know the kids just left for school the older kids just left for school they're just having a normal morning let the dog out suddenly there's a man in their kitchen Mm. and joseph otero thought at first this was a prank set up by his brother uh oh shit what he, what what kind of pranks are his brother? I, I know. I, I I was like, oh, 
I wonder, I don't want to know what other pranks you guys have pulled on each other. Like, but, haha, I stranger mean, in my house. Gee, but I also understand, like, wanting to, like, rationalize what the fuck's yeah, I going think, on. Yeah, I think, because I thought about that a lot. It must be shock, right? It's like, how else do you, Yeah. why else at 8.15 in the morning is some rando man, some white bread looking dude just standing in your kitchen saying... I'm here to rob you, you know? He thought, right. well, maybe my brother set up this fucked up prank. But of course, then Dennis shows him his gun, and Joseph realized immediately this was no prank. Mm. Dennis told the Oteros he meant them no harm, and he only needed money and a few provisions. So Joseph said, okay, okay, you can have whatever you wanted. Uh, you can even have our car, although there's no gas in it. And of course, this was all a total fabrication. Um, Dennis planned to kill them from day one he he was never mm. just planning to get food and money and leave but dennis got off on making people feel safe with him when he knew full well they were anything but safe with him mm. and he also got off on being able to subdue people like this sort of make them feel like at ease like if you cooperate everything will be fine you know right. so the family of course thinking they would be spared if they did cooperate let Dennis tie them up with a rope he had brought. He led them into the bedroom where Julie and Josie sat on the bed and Joseph and Joey sat on the floor. And according to his rendition, at least, at one point, the bonds were uncomfortably tight. So he loosened them. Uh, he even gave Joseph a pillow to alleviate some of the pain in his ribs because he was kind of laying uncomfortably. Mm. And he later explained to the judge, I'm not a bad guy. I care for people. I'm trying to comfort them as much as I could. I have concerns for people. And I hadn't really crossed that path yet where I was going to kill the people yet. So I was still in concern mode. I call bullshit, oh, by the way. I call fucking yeah. bullshit, of course, immediately on all of also, it. Also, like, nothing says a narcissist more than like, oh, I went into concern mode. There's Ugh, there's no what? concern mode. That's <laughs> not a thing. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Like the it's fact like that you switch. think you have to enter a manual mode is crazy like that's exactly like and that's something you just enter and exit on command like and that's, that's a great a, that's point. a very clear symptom of not having emotions <laughs> yeah exactly like he just can't understand what anybody else means because there were questions later um about other crimes he committed where where the the forensic psychologist asks you know weren't you concerned about the kids not in this case a different story mm -hmm. and he said no no they were old enough to take care of themselves Oh. and oh it's like God. what that's not no christine it, you, know, you he don't understand he he hadn't entered concern mode oh i'm so christine. sorry we forgot to turn the switch You're so right. stupid christine I'm so stupid right I know. so it's just like really uh sinister and it gives you kind of an insight into how he thinks he's a good guy even though he, he's about to do some of the most unspeakable acts that have fucking haunted me for months so <sighs> Once he has tied these people up and he's holding them at gunpoint, he claims the realization dawned on him that, oh, wait, they've seen my face. I'm not wearing a mask, so I have to kill all of them. They have to die. Otherwise, I'm, I'm screwed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My speculation, which, again, is full speculation, but is just how I feel after reading this eight million times, is that I think he as soon as he walked in, saw them all, had the plan to kill them. I, I don't think he was going to spare them. Um, I don't think he would have done differently if he was wearing a mask. I think he's trying to make himself look, quote-unquote, good in his own fucked-up way by well, saying, Well, he went oh, into concern mode them. for himself. Yes. 
yeah, I'm sorry. It's just like I had to kill them because how else would I get away with it? I'm not a bad guy. Like, and in, you in know, his... you know him with the train. He's all about logistics. So logistics. He's got, it's like you're he's got a blueprint. You're for a witness everything. now. So the strategy has changed. Everybody understands, he says. Fucking lunatic. So as he later described to the judge, um, when he came to that realization, and this is blood, blood chilling, um, he, quote, made a decision to go ahead and put them all down. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. And again, he sees them as others, as animals, as not humans, as Mm-hmm. not children he just uh, i'm gonna put them down and he uses that mm-hmm. terminology a lot which is so disturbing so this is the part all of the next few paragraphs are extremely disturbing um and pretty graphic folks so please um you know be kind to yourself skip forward if you'd like um but here we go so Raider placed a plastic bag over Joseph's head and tightened it. Uh, he then strangled Julie, later commenting that he didn't realize how hard it was to strangle a person as he had only ever killed cats before. Oh, my God. Uh, as an example, he claimed he thought he'd strangled both Mrs. Otero and Josephine, the 11-year-old, to death, but they both later came to, and he had to strangle them again, essentially. Oh, yeah. my God. So Joseph, the father, managed to chew a hole through the plastic bag that was over his head. So Dennis added a t-shirt and another plastic bag. <gasps> yeah. Oh and my that god. Killed, that ultimately killed him. So Dennis then went after Joseph Jr. or Joey next. He placed a plastic bag over Joey's head and strangled him as well. Um, there was a chair found in the room, which police assumed uh, was used by the killer to sit and watch as Joey suffocated to death. But for whatever reason, and this is kind of a pattern with him, Dennis later claimed he was only using that chair when he was subduing Joey and he left. He didn't sit and watch Joey die because that's but that too would be far, cruel. Right. That would be cruel. That's that's where the that's where the mindset is is so fucked up. He 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 says I wouldn't I wouldn't have done that. No no I didn't do that. Yes I did tie a plastic bag around a child's head, and kill him. But no no I wouldn't sit there and watch. So I don't even know what is to believe because I don't believe a fucking word out of this idiot's mouth. But he really does think like that makes sense to people. Um I I don't think I even mentioned this anywhere in my notes so I'll just throw it in here as well. He also claims that he never raped a woman because that would be in his own words going too far. Mm-hmm. So, he's okay. <laughs> I know it's just like oh okay so you have so we're supposed to think you have some sense of decency then I guess because you won't and he said even serial killers have a line they won't cross you're murdering people's children in the most uh, gruesome brutal way but but rape is too far you know i wish i, I just... could ask what his like definition of cruel is because for him because some things he's like oh i wouldn't do that but it's like okay but there's other things that you're clearly capable and willing of like and so... don't even find that disturbing you yes know? like where's like, your line where's your own line with like what's rape that's his own line he said he would never cross that line too far that's it just that's that it. one Okay. Just that one. Yeah. Okay. That's why so, R isn't in his name, I guess. It's just BTK. Right. Exactly. He's like, that would be uncouth. It's like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Whatever you say. 
<sighs> so the last to die was Josephine. Um, this, again, please fast forward a few times if you are anybody but Em and Eva and our editor, Jack, because I'm so sorry, but they have to hear this. Um, but yeah, folks, please fast forward a few times if you don't want to hear this part. It's pretty fucking upsetting. Dennis took a barely conscious Josephine down to the basement. Um and he decided to he first asked if she had a camera if her family had a camera in the house because he wanted to take some photos of her she said no we don't have a camera so he sets up a rope that he hangs from a pipe in the basement and he is getting her set up to hang her from the rope and her last words are to ask him what's going to happen to me and dennis calmly told her well honey you're going to be in heaven with the rest of your family Oh, he then hanged her from the pipe and pulled her underwear down and uh, her body was later found with semen on and around it. Oh, so wait, he's not into rape, but that. But that's but okay. He... Okay. Yeah, right. that's it's so tw- there's these it, these imaginary lines he creates make no fucking sense. Mm. So, uh, folks. The really gruesome details are over. Uh, it's still obviously fucked up, but you can start listening again as far as uh, the 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 graphic details. Yeah. So afterwards, Raider cleaned up. He took the family's radio and their car, uh, which was pretty much out of gas, uh, and he parked it in a parking lot and threw the keys onto the roof of the store. Uh, The two youngest Otero siblings got home first, and when the oldest, Charlie, arrived, he noticed his dog Lucky in the backyard, which was not normal. The front door was locked, which was also unusual, so he went through the back, and he saw a chaotic mess in the kitchen, and his mother was very tidy, very, uh, kept a very clean house, and also was always waiting with open arms at the front door when he got home from school, so he knew something was immediately wrong. Then he heard his younger siblings calling to him, saying something to the effect of, come quick, mom and dad are playing a mean trick on us. Oh, God. What, what is with the tricks and the pranks? I know. I know. I, I know. And I, I just <sighs> wonder if that's just a way of, like, telling yourself this isn't real. Like, almost like desperately in denial. Yeah. De- in denial. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. And so he finds his parents strangled in their rooms. Um, oh he said God. they didn't even look like themselves anymore. Oh. Just because of the means of death. Um, he said in an interview, you could smell death. You could smell fear. I can still smell fear. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know. It like. Oh, it wow. Chill- chilling. Oh, my God. His sister, Carmen, later testified that she tried to cut through her mom's bloody gag with a pair of nail clippers because she oh. didn't know how to get it off her face. So. Oh. <laughs> Charlie also said years later when he described this day um, and you can just see the survivors, the ones that Dennis said will be fine because they're old enough to take care of themselves. Uh, They're so fucked up about this whole thing, obviously. And he explained, my heart just broke that day. It felt like somebody had ripped my chest wide open and pulled my heart out. My life changed instantly. So the phone line had been cut. uh, So they ran to a neighbor's house to call the police and when they were at the station, the surviving children begged police to protect Joey and Josie from going back to the house because they didn't realize Joey and Josie were both already dead and in the house. Mm. They only knew about their parents. 
So the police and a pastor had to come tell Charlie that both of his youngest siblings had been found in the house and had been killed as well. Um, Jesus. So Charlie said at the very least he was grateful he hadn't discovered them because he said he didn't know if he'd been able to handle it himself if if he had seen that with his own eyes. Mm-hmm. So back at the crime scene, police noted that nothing of value seemed to have been stolen. Uh, plus, the thermostat had been turned up really high. And Dennis later explained that he turned the temperature up really high because he wanted to mess up their body heat temperatures and the decomposition, which he read in a true detective magazine. Oh, law and order over here. Okay. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, good one. So he learned a lot of his quote-unquote ideas and tricks from crime scene magazines, from, you know, those kind of creepy... I like how that makes him an expert when, like, we've read all that, so are uh, exactly. we experts? Like, exactly. No? And he just has that complex where he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Not... So he also did some really bizarre stuff at crime scenes that we didn't know about until later when he explained them after he'd Mm -hmm. been caught. Uh, Like he would get a water glass out of the cabinet, drink a glass of water, then wash it and put it back in the cupboard. And he got all like hot and heavy over it because he was like, they would, they'll never know that I use their water cup. Like his own like in control. It's like a moment for himself of like, I'm violating. It feels violating in a very intimate way. Yes. Yes. Intimate. Where like in times of a serial killer in your home, I would imagine you're prioritizing which things would be the most violating, like hurting your body, hurting someone you love. But like the, the tiny things you don't even have time to think about them violating yeah. like the inside of your cabinet and knowing Ugh. like your your personal tchotchkes and the things Going that you your stuff taking touching things. your things like you can never touch that cup again without thinking about him drinking out of it you know yeah and that was his his own little secret that he got off on um he had the, i guess it's like a feeling of like omniscience like he's like i know i know oh, i did this yeah. no one else like knows. a god he, complex is that what you're god talking about com- wow Wow. Interesting. A literal narcissist. (laughs) Yeah. So, of course, these murders absolutely shook the town of Wichita. Um, You know, this is a relatively large city, but the suburbs had a small town feeling. People did not lock their doors. This was Kansas in the 70s. You know, Uh, people felt safe for the most part. And police even thought this Otero murder could be a drug related hit because who the fuck would kill two children in such like an execution way? Like, and for they, no they reason, like, like, like no not reason. that there's ever a reason to kill a kid, but you know what I mean? Like, there's no storyline yeah, they, they, that they thought maybe this. there has to be some sort of reason, like a, a drug hit or, you know, uh, yeah. something, something gone wrong with the parents and a relationship with someone else. And, you know, they were completely wrong, but they just could not fathom why, why else somebody would do this. And serial killer, the term, was pretty brand new. I think it came out in 1974 for the first time. It was sort of referenced as terminology and so the notion of having this deranged murderer on the loose was like unfathomable for most people like day to day let alone someone who killed entire families at once and remember he jumped from killing zero people to killing four this was like a massive leap mm-hmm. so from the outside it looked like a total just deranged nutcase running around and nobody knew who it was nobody knew why they were doing it uh however some people actually got a sense of familiarity with oh sorry hold on hello 
Hello? Girl, okay. was that Harry? Someone just knocked on my door. I'm texting. Uh, that uh, scared the shit out of me. That's. It's not blazing. It wasn't even a knock. You. It was tap, 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 tap. Ew, Christine. Ew, and it was loud Blaise enough said, that. Blaze said he didn't. He's not up here. Ew. Say Harry, thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> okay, I'm good right now. If you're Juniper or Harry, I'm busy right now. Thank you. Okay. Um, <laughs> but Moonshine can come in. <laughs> Moonshine will find a way in. Uh, he doesn't need my permission. <laughs> so for other people who witnessed the news of this crime, there was a sense of familiarity about it. And that's because Dennis's crimes eerily mirrored the Clutter family murders, which also took place in Kansas in 1959 in Holcomb, Kansas. And if you're not familiar, this is the mass murder that inspired Truman Capote's In Cold Blood. So mm. Dennis, of course, yeah. had been inspired, quote unquote, by the Clutter family murder. He had heard about it on the way to high school uh, when he was 15. And he was in his, <laughs> so stupid, his dad's co-worker's daughter's car she she was she carpooled with him to school and she drove him to school and he had a crush on her okay so he's sitting there next to her in the passenger seat she's wearing a skirt this is him describing it and he hears the news of the clutter family murders back in 1959 and hearing that story on the radio sitting next to this girl he had a crush on who's wearing a skirt it was like seared into his mind and so as he's older he's almost like replaying these quote-unquote inspirational well the uh, you know the things the that the fact that he's overlapped murder and sex with each other or like Ugh, murder yeah. and arousal you know yeah exactly and so that they 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 sort of mirrored each other and he was struck by the fact that the clutter family had been tied up with rope and of course that especially piqued his interest and interestingly remember i mentioned he stole the family's car and the radio from their house hmm the two men that murdered the Clutter family also took a radio from their home. Oh, okay. So he's hmm. like playing this weird. It's like Nothing a copycat. Does... Not a, a copy, he... like an homage. An homage. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he, he really thinks he's like a genius, but everything he does is just copied off other people. And not that I'm giving them credit either, but it's like he just gives himself way too much fucking credit for being right. some sort of mastermind, you know? Um, so many people at this point, truly felt vulnerable for the first time ever. Started locking their doors for the first time ever. Uh, there was panic in town. Um, people wanted security systems for their houses, and thankfully Wichita had just the guy. Because Dennis started working for the ADT security company that same year. Well, that's just fucking great. Well, that's the perfect... The perfect, not the perfect crime, the perfect uh, setup for a crime. Yeah, it's it's almost like if you read that in a book, you'd be like, well, that's fucking too obvious. You know? Yeah, that's like a Hallmark movie storyline. It line. feels too easy. Or a lifetime or storyline. Yeah. So he essentially worked as a supervisor and he would oversee the installation of these security systems at people's houses. So, of course, he now had intimate knowledge of different houses blueprints how they were secured how he could bypass them and he didn't necessarily bypass them he just liked to know that he could if he wanted to you right know? the power yeah the power the omniscience like just knowing in his own mind that he could do it if he wanted um 
He claimed later that during these installations, he often snuck through the family's things and, like you said, intimate violations, went through their drawers, took home panties, took home Mm. stuff out of their bathrooms. Uh, He just liked that feeling of power. And what was especially disturbing, as we've discussed many times now, was his ability to compartmentalize. You know, he's the overseer. He's the supervisor at this job. And everyone just thinks he's just a normal dude, right? Like... They don't know he's going in and stealing underwear, putting them in his pocket and taking them home. Mm. Um, This compartmentalization, he actually had a separate word for it because, of course, he did. Uh, He called it cubing. Cubing. Cubing? Cubing. And he was the cube. What in the fuck? This is the most delusional (laughs) man I've ever heard in my life. Okay, so delusional. I'm what? Why? How? Why? What made him the cube? What's that mean? Literally the only explanation I could find which I think is because it's the only explanation he could give, is that he was a cube and he could switch to different faces of the cube. Oh, okay. So this is his way of describing like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing? Yes, like, which he also used to describe it. Again, okay. like just Like he would switch personalities like the, yeah. fa- like the faces he could, of the He cube. could switch like he could with a roll of the die or, you know, he could switch to concern mode or he could switch his on and off you know his his creepy what happens behavior. when you when you put the cube point on one finger and the point on another finger you just spin it like then what happens oh god i hope he just he's just topsy-turvy all the way down motion sick i don't know i have no idea because i think he didn't put much thought into it besides no <laughs> i know i know hard to believe also juniper is now meowing like a fucking maniac so it is him i'm gonna let him in i'm so sorry that's okay. Otherwise, he will just scream the entire time. At least it's not Walt. Um, I feel like Harry's like, Harry. "Hey, leave me out of it. I would never disturb you while you're recording." <laughs> I feel like I feel like Walt is like, "I have not been there in a long yeah, time. Why I'm am I still even being mentioned?" Yeah, he's like, "Well, you think I went to Kentucky with you?" <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "No thanks, no thanks. I've been there as the vagabond." Uh, yeah, I'm a vagabond, not an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, he has this cubing fucking explanation for how he's able to hold a job, make people think he's relatively normal. That being said, though, it's not the whole truth because people actually did notice some of his darker tendencies. Mm. Not maybe people in his own family, but people that he interacted with on a day to day basis. So. Eventually, he and his wife, Paula, just to give some background, had a son and a daughter, Brian and Carrie. And his daughter later told uh, interviewers that she had a happy, stable childhood and she was really close with her dad or she was really close with her grandparents, or at least she thought she was. Um, She felt like he was loving and caring and a good, stable dad. Um, And that just goes to show, again, like how compartmentalized this man was i refuse to say cubing again because it's stupid (laughs) so i'm gonna say the harder word to say which is compartmentalized Uh (laughs) Uh uh-huh so after killing one of his victims this is just an example of his being so good at compartmentalizing after killing one of his victims while on a cub scout trip and i'll discuss that uh in part two okay this is just an example of how good he was at being said pillar of the community because he's on the way back from this horrible gruesome murder and he has to change in a gas station bathroom back into his cub scout uniform because he's cub scout leader and he's going back to sleep in the tent next to his son 
So he stops at a gas station, a rest stop to change his clothes. And he runs into a fucking state trooper. Mm. And the state trooper asks him like, hey, what are you up to? Why are you out and about? And he says, can you tell me what you're up to tonight? And Dennis says, oh, well, I'm a Cub Scout leader. Um, I am, you know, out here with my son. I just, you know, some bullshit. I had a headache. I needed to go get some Tylenol. And the scout, the fucking state trooper said, oh, right as rain. Go ahead, buddy. Oh, go. You know, no. Okay. He was that good at just, he had just murdered a woman like an hour earlier. Horrible. Gruesome murder. And And he's just just like, whatever. Just like, so. Don't mind me in the, in the random rural gas station bathroom, changing my clothes in the middle of the night. I may be covered in blood, but you right. know what? I do have a headache. So which one are we going <laughs> to take Did more I seriously right now? Did I tell you about the Tylenol? Yeah. 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 So, of course, you know, the state trooper just says, okay. And meanwhile, he has a fucking jewelry box in his car that he had stolen from the woman he had just murdered. And he knows I- if this trooper looks in his car and sees this item, he will probably be brought in for something, for questioning. But he is able to just fucking change his stupid cube up or mm. whatever and pretend like he is just on his way back to see his son for the Cub Scout troop. State Trooper says, all right, off you go. Imagine That's that State Trooper later when the story uh, came out and he's like, motherfucker. Like, I, I can't knew believe something I was that. up with that fucking guy. Yeah. Ugh, that must be deeply disturbing. Um, his boss was pissed for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like I said, Carrie described a pretty ordinary childhood with her dad. She said she only caught a glimpse of his dark side once. Um, One night at dinner, a family argument apparently got too heated, and Dennis jumped up and grabbed his son, Brian, by the neck as if to (laughs) strangle him. And his son went, like, white as a sheet, and Dennis let go. And it was such a fast moment, but Carrie remembered it being so shocking and out of place that it just goes to show how unusual that was, that kind of behavior was to see from him within his own family yeah. dynamic. Like they're he's really... doing this in his head. He's like fantasizing about it and he's doing it to other people, but his, to his family, that was shocking and seared into like their he, memories. It was like he hit it so well. But it was nobody... a one-time thing. Yeah. And like, yeah. imagine what his son is Ugh. thinking these days. Like he's been strangled by BTK. Like I know. Like, yeah. And he just has to live with that. That's what we were talking about earlier when it comes to, like, not wanting to humanize a killer, but, like, remembering that there's people on the other side of it. Like, he's got family members that now have to Mm -hmm. live with the fact that their dad is a fucking serial killer. And, like, they've been strangled by him. And, like, what does that mean? And how far away from fully snapping was he to dying, you know? Almost worse, like, they've been, like, comforted and loved by him. You know what I mean? Yeah. like... They've been, like, held by him, hugged by him. Like, like they learned safety from him. Yes, yes. There's oh. something so twisted where he, and he can't even see that in his own head, you know? In any case, that's just an example of how unusual it was for him to behave that way. And mm. to this day, we do see him, and I've, you know, sort of presented him as this sort of pillar of the community. But as I also alluded to, that's not really the whole truth because people did have run-ins with him over the years. He, as you can probably guess, had a dangerous sense of superiority and entitlement, and he managed to get a local government job enforcing city ordinances, like little things, pet laws, trash regulations. And of course, he took this 
and it went straight to his head okay mm. it's like the cliche of the health inspector who takes his job way too seriously like on bob's burgers or you know it, it's like such a cliche like he has this like minor bit of power give him an inch and he'll go fucking 10 miles right and to that end, he essentially held people to impossible standards. Uh, he used his position to harass and intimidate his neighbors, and he especially targeted single women. Wouldn't you know it? Mm -hmm. He was known to only pass out dog-related citations to single women and even would stare into their windows under the pretense of, quote, monitoring the neighborhood. Ew. Yeah. Oh. Like, he thought he was being so slick. He, this is pretty fucked up, allegedly even had one woman's dog euthanized for absolutely no reason. <gasps> Just Which, because it was a power play. And it was I was going to say, it, like, I don't know why that hurt so much more, I guess, because it's a dog. But, like, the fact that, I mean, I mean, he was killing people for no reason. So what, what's the surprise yeah, what, that he'd kill a dog for no reason? Him? It's almost like this, he felt like, gave him the authority to. And it did give him the authority to because people were submitting complaints and they were just never looked into. Right. Mm. So people were saying this guy is a fucking asshole. He's harassing women. Uh, and, you know, it just never went anywhere. Wow. And that's what Dennis craved, of course, is this like power over people that they can do nothing about. Um, experts call him a power control killer, which is a type of killer uh, that seeks opportunities to exert their power over other people for a thrill. I think he's probably the most obvious form of a power control killer I've heard of. So torturing and murdering his victims uh, gave him the ultimate sense of control, especially because strangulation uh, is such an intimate way to kill someone and gives sort of a a sense of connection to the killer uh, mm -hmm. between them and their victim. So it was only about four months after the murder of the Otero family that Dennis targeted his next victim. And that was 21 year old Catherine Bright. He spent about a month stalking her schedule. And on April 4th, 1974, he broke into her house and lay in wait for her to return home. Mm. And when she did return home, he was not expecting her to bring her 19-year-old brother, Kevin, with her. But oh, that's God. exactly what happened. Okay. So Dennis comes out of his hiding spot with a gun and tells Catherine and her brother that he didn't want to hurt them. He just needed money and a car to get to New York. He then ordered Kevin to tie up Catherine and go to another room where Kevin, who'd also been tied up, began to get out of his bindings and jumped for Dennis's gun. But unfortunately, oh. Dennis managed to shoot Kevin in the head before Kevin <gasps> could really fight back. Oh, my God. Okay. So Dennis leaves Kevin there, then goes to strangle Catherine, but she's fighting back with all her strength. And as he is trying to get her under control, under his own control. He hears Kevin moving <gasps> around in the Kevin's room Kevin's still next alive? To him. He's fucking alive. And so he goes back in and shoots him in the head again. What? Comes okay. back. I know. Comes back okay. to Catherine. This is what he's been planning all along, just to attack Catherine. So he's like, finally, I got this other guy out of the way. Mm -hmm. He's strangling Catherine, and he hears Kevin fucking Sh make a run for it. Mr. Shot in the door. head twice is still twice. alive. He's still alive and he has played dead and then run for the door and escaped. Oh my God. Has he, he, he's alive today? He's alive. He's been interviewed. Um, he suffered severe, you know, nerve damage and that kind of thing, but he, sure. he did serve. And of course, probably deep 
seat of trauma, obviously, but he is still alive. Oh my um, God. Oh my God. So he goes running out the door and Dennis knows, well, shit, because he, ever the victim, realizes, well, now I don't get to spend as much time here as I wanted. My he's plans a finally are all in concern mode. Shit. Finally in concern mode. Right, he's in concern mode for himself again. So he says, you know what? I did a dumb thing and I stabbed her because he said, I just knew I needed to kill her. So he stabbed her and later claimed, I didn't like to use a knife. I really didn't. As if we're Aww. supposed to suddenly feel bad for him, right? Aww. Fucking sicko. Poor thing. Poor thing. So outside, Kevin flags down some neighbors. They call paramedics. But unfortunately, after multiple emergency surgeries and blood transfusions, uh, Catherine tragically passed away. Uh, like I said, Kevin survived with permanent nerve damage. And he did give police a description of Dennis. Um, and they made a composite sketch, which Dennis later said actually looked a lot like him. And he was really concerned about that. But it did not Concern lead mode. them. <laughs> Concern mode. Right. It's switching that thing on and off all day long. He's Cuban, 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 you know? He's Cuban all over the place. But unfortunately did not lead them to Dennis. So it would be a while before investigators actually connected Catherine's murder to the Oteros because totally different victims totally different mo different weapons you know it just didn't seem to fit um police took three other people into custody thinking they were the ones who had killed Catherine, and this enraged dennis because as we know dennis loves fucking attention okay mm -hmm. so he cannot stand someone else taking credit for his quote-unquote work which so, like, is, is, is still the craziest thing to me. I don't understand the narcissist serial killer. I need the attention. But also, if I get the attention, I go to jail. So it's like, yeah. well, so can't you find something else to get credit no. for where it, people are allowed to pat you on the back? You know, It's like their fatal flaw, you know? Like, they fly too close to the sun, so to speak. And yeah. it's their undoing. So, of course, he can't handle this. He can't stand it. So, in October, Dennis calls a reporter at the Wichita Eagle and tells them to go to the public library. And there they will find an engineering textbook. And inside the engineering textbook is a letter. And the letter read. I'm going to read just parts of it. I write this letter to you for the sake of the taxpayer. He's concerned for the taxpayer. As well as your time. Those three dude you have in custody are just talking to get publicity for the Otero murders. Oh, I think I misspoke earlier. I said that uh, the three men were arrested for the for Catherine's murder. I meant for the Oteros, and that's oh, what he oh. was so pissed about. Okay. My bad. Okay. So, those three dude you have in custody are just talking to get publicity for the Otero murders. They know nothing at all. I did it by myself and no one's help. There has been no talk either. Let's put it straight. Then he goes on and graphic detail to describe the exact positions and circumstances of each of the family members deaths something only the killer would know and after these graphic details he went on quote purse contents south of the table spilled drink in that area also kids making lunches door shade in red chair in the living room otero's watch missing i needed one so i took it runs good thermostat turn down car was dirty inside out of gas i'm sorry this happened to society good luck with your hunting yours truly guiltily okay okay so so, so he he definitely gave enough information to show that he was there i yeah, also like so the, they, they the watch works good what's good 
Okay. <sighs> Thanks for that okay. side comment no one cared for. Exactly. Like, for what? He then added a PS, because he can't stop talking. P.S. Since sex criminals do not change their M.O. or by nature cannot do so, I will not change mine. The code words for me will be bind them, torture them, kill them. B.T.K. You see me at it again. They will be on the next victim. So this is where he has named himself officially. Okay. And another part of his letter referred to a, this is a long ass letter, by the way, referred to a monster who took him over and drove him to kill. He called this power over him factor x uh this was <laughs> this was essentially a way to compartmentalize or cube from the other side of him like basically deny responsibility saying like no that's not me that's factor so x. one of his cube faces is factor x basically yes so now he's not only naming his whole persona as one shape but he's also Picking names for every character. Picking and choosing. And, like, dumb names. Factor X. Okay. But basically mm. this goes to, like, his desire to figure out why he is the way that he is. He has this, like, drive to figure out what Factor X really is, what caused it. Rhombus, the cube, whatever the fuck it's called. It's not me. It's Factor X. Um, and so... <laughs> okay. Police Rhombus. decided... <laughs> police decided not to release the letter to the public because... They weren't quite sure yet what to make of this. They decided to wait a beat. They didn't want to send everyone off into another frenzy. So they so they sure. waited a beat. And they didn't have any leads. So they were like, let's just give it a minute. And, you know, their advice was basically just be careful out there. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, because of the news of the Otero murders and the news of Catherine's murder, they didn't know necessarily there was a serial killer running around, but they didn't know that these crimes were happening. And so the demand for alarms and security systems, of course, just kept skyrocketing while fucking Dennis was on the job installing them for you. He knew all the floor plans. He knew... uh, he knew what he was doing. He just fucking loved it. He loved being in that power position. And meanwhile, as he is drawing clients' floor plans, as he is telling himself, you know, I could come in here and do whatever I wanted and they could do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. He is fantasizing about what he calls his projects. Okay. So and this those is are people? Nut- are they people? They're people. Okay. They're fucking people. Yeah, they're people. You're on to it. Um, <laughs> this is basically what he called his targets, his his intended victims. And, you know, this is just another way for him to, like, dehumanize the people that he's targeting, right? But he would mm-hmm. stalk them, he would learn their routines, and he would keep folders on their movements, folders on the blueprints of their house. Even the ones that he never actually went through with and attacked, but he had folders on these people. And like he open actually- cases. Yes, he had, like, case files. Exactly. Mm. And some of the names for them were Project Piano, Project Green, Project Cookie. Like, You know he oh, thought he fucking killed it with Project Cookie. He thought he nailed it. And you know what? He, he actually explained it when he was asked why, you know, why did you feel the need to name your projects? He explained, well, you know, people name their oil wells. See? See? He fully objectifies them. Wow. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. He's like, you know, boats and oil wells, they have names. And I'm like, first of all, do they? 
oil wells? I guess Wait, so. Boats I didn't know do, that. but I had no idea boats about do. oil wells. <laughs> yeah. Apparently oil wells do too. And he thought, what a great idea. I'll the do irony, that to the people. He was like, oh, well, uh, sorry, I don't mean to keep interrupting you, but like, it's no, just no. so stupid of like, oh, well, boats have names. It's like, well, people have names. Like, oh, you don't that's have, a great point. That's you don't a great have fucking point, M. Give Wait, what them the fuck? names. Wait Nobody a had it. That's a great fucking point. <laughs> that's so stupid. Oil wells have names. Yes, yeah, so do people. Idiot. People have people already they already were named like it's like it's like someone going up to like the titanic and then saying like actually this boat needs a name it's like bitch she has one what are you talking about she has one the queen mary could never she would be like (laughs) i'm mary nice fucking try yeah yeah (laughs) i that well (laughs) so stupid like that's also that's Comedic more break. info on like his like narcissism of like oh well that's not a name I want to give them I have to yeah he's like them. no 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 I get to name that person not their parents it's like uh-huh. yeah yeah that's a great that would have been if if that interviewer had said well people have names too I would have lost my damn mind and been like this is the greatest <laughs> docu series of all time to just like, fucking don't people put him in his have place names? <laughs> that's a great point M you know what you nailed it. So Dennis has these projects. He even drives around during his shifts with he brings one folder, one special project with him every day just to know he has it. Right. Because so like in case he gets bored, he's got something to do that. day. He's got something to look at. And he apparently talked to his projects throughout the day as he <gasps> drove around town. Like he talked Ew. to. Yeah, he's a sicko. So he stayed busy with his projects for a few years. Like he managed to lay low for a few years until March 19. 19- 77 and that's when he decided to finally act on one of his projects um he tried a couple uh he went to a few houses he he put on a suit he tried to dress up real nice and he like, walked like you're in the 40s and you're about to go on a plane for the first time like, i mean <laughs> yes literally he's like, like this is an important day for me and so he walked door to door and i say door to door because in a particular neighborhood he had several projects so oh shit y- yeah and this neighborhood he likes because it was close to the freeway. So he tries one. Nobody answers the door. He's like, dag nabbit. I'll go to the next one. So he goes over to another door. Doesn't work out. Either nobody answers, wrong person. All of his little projects are falling apart. And that's when he just so happens to spot a little six-year-old boy walking down the road. <sighs> I know. It's just so fucking terrible. This little boy, his name is Steve Relford, and Steve's mom was in bed sick and had sent him down the road to get a can of soup from the store. So Dennis approached Steve, pretending to be a detective, and showed him a photograph and asked him if he recognized the woman and child in the photograph. We still don't know for sure who was in this photograph. All we know is that Steve said no, sir, and continued home, unknowingly leading a killer straight to his house. Okay. So a few minutes later, Dennis knocks on the door, still posing as a detective, and Steve tells Dennis that his mom, 24-year-old Shirley, was sick in bed. So Dennis just fucking saunters on in. He turns off the television. He closes the blinds. This is when Shirley comes out of her bedroom, and Dennis pulls out a gun. He directs Shirley to put toys and blankets in the bathroom, and he locks the three children in the bathroom. Oh. Tragically... There is a gap in the door where Steve, who's, again, six years old, is able to watch this entire situation unfold. 
So he watches as Dennis brutally murders his mother and he can do nothing about it. He's just trapped in the bathroom and of course he's helpless and he feels like he led this guy here, right? Yeah, the so guilt. He's wa- oh my God. The guilt of that like destroyed him later. So he watches through a gap in the door as Dennis ties his mother's feet and hands behind her back, lays her face mm-hmm. down on the bed, puts a plastic bag over her head, ties a rope around her neck. And then as the siblings are screaming and trying to get out, trying to bash through the window, the man just leaves. And his initial plan was to kill the children as well. But I think they were making so much of a ruckus. And this was close quarters with other Mm -hmm. apartments that he was worried someone would catch on. So he just left. And Steve finally slammed into the door so many times he broke a hole in it and was able to get to his mother. He's a little six-year-old boy, by the way. Tiny. Oh, my God. So he's finally able to get to his mother. Of course, it's too late. Um, And he said that that image is so permanently seared into its mind. And he said he just went down a dark path after this. He said there are times he just wishes he wasn't alive. There are times he just, I mean, it basically destroyed his life um, forever. Even when he talks about it to this day as a much, much older man. Oh, my God. You can just see, like, how dark it's changed this has made his life yeah. yeah yeah so like kevin uh catherine's brother earlier they gave police a description but the composite really led nowhere um and so dennis was scot-free in december of that same year he struck again and this time he spotted 25 year old nancy fox while she walked outside to her mailbox and she would become project fox hunt god disgusting He also had an obsession with the number three, and her name had three letters, and he had a fascination with words that sounded sort of like sex, and that's why he thought Fox was the perfect name for his next victim. So this guy, like, I mean, you said delusional earlier, but every time you bring up something new, it, like, just really shows you how unwell this guy was for there to, like, I don't know what the right word is, but it's for the people who, like... I mean, who are not well is the the like the the jumping to like the creating your own conclusions and creating your yes. own rules and and thinking you have it, to yeah, follow it's, them. Yeah, it's it's exactly it's like seeing patterns, creating patterns where there are no patterns, yeah. and almost justifying what you're doing and believing and seeing by yeah creating these patterns. Like if a, if a an address had the number three in it, which like many addresses have the number three in it he thought it was a sign and it was the the perfect target of his he just liked to feel like he was weaving this like web you know but in reality he's just making shit up the irony of him thinking that he's like the smartest person in the room when he's going off of like fox kind of sounds like sex it's like yeah you're thinking like a three-year-old what are you talking about fox has three letters my daughter can figure that out right like it's not a fucking genius (laughs) puzzle you've just solved right yeah but in his head he's he's a fucking gene mastermind Mm. so you know project fox hunt fucking disgusting he studies nancy's routine like he did with his other victims um but this time he went a little bit further with it so with the holidays approaching nancy had actually picked up a seasonal job at the mall doing sort of like christmas hours and he would stop by her store repeatedly posing as a shopper and Mm. asking her innocuous questions just because he could 
just to like can you imagine like you already have to work like and now there's like this fucking guy like let alone whether or not he's a, a serial killer like you just you're like oh man I don't you just know had to be deal with this guy yeah you just had to be that fucking repeat obnoxious customer and yeah and, and you so, know that there's like something weird about him you're like yes. this guy freaks me out yeah like why is he coming to my work so often and Ugh. then he's not buying anything her, not buying anything <laughs> presumably and then shows up in her fucking house a few days later oh so, my god oh my god yeah he breaks into her house and waits for her to come home and when he comes home, this is how he describes what's happening. He tells her he is a strange dude. Yeah, that's for sure. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking understatement of the century. Who just wanted to do some stuff to her and would then leave her alone. Like some sex stuff. He said, I just want to do some f- freaky stuff. That's it. I can't imagine somebody walking into a room and going, or walking into your house right now and going, I'm a weird guy, but I just want to do some <laughs> stuff to you. And then I'll leave. Like, like Hello? I can't even imagine like you know he practiced that in front of a fucking mirror too and like that was the best he could come up with that shows you how detached from humanity he is from like detached complete detachment he he thinks like that's normal that'll be fine yeah that that, this'll do it yeah and so he tells her that he she's of course stuck he has a gun she's like I don't know what the fuck to do he chats with her for a bit he even lets her have a cigarette and finally because she she really feels like she has no no stuck, else to suck. go no nothing else to do she finally says okay let's get this over with so i can call the police and she really thinks like he's just gonna leave her and unfortunately of course that was never the plan her plan his plan was never for her to survive the attack and so dennis strangles nancy to death in her bedroom and flees the scene and because she lives alone normally it may have been a few days before someone realized she was missing or report or discovered her remains but Dennis just couldn't help himself. And on the way into work, he stops at a payphone and calls the crime in himself. He, oh my God. I, I like the it's breathtaking how obsessed with himself he is. He obsessed with himself. Yes. So he gives police Nancy's address and name and informs them they would find her murdered in her home. Police then play this call for the Fox family, but none of them recognize Dennis's voice, right? And so for for a li- for a minute, they're kind of relieved, like at least this isn't someone we know, you know. Mm-hmm. But then they're thinking, well, shit. But now it's this maniac, like this stranger who just yeah, is randomly targeting people. It could be anyone. And so you know, all that to say, um, he called it in himself on himself. And as for Nancy, you know, her sister Beverly remembers Nancy as a loving, hardworking young woman. Her goal was to start a family one day. She was very independent and outgoing. She worked really hard, as we've already seen, with the multiple jobs to support herself. Um, And as much as Dennis thought he was some sort of mastermind, you know, the details of her life tend to be diminished because Mm. people are talking about him. That's just the way it is, unfortunately. And in January, so the following month, 1978, Dennis sent another letter to the Wichita Eagle. This time, it was a poem. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Dennis is a poet. Because, of course, he's not just a logistical engineering genius. He's also a creative mastermind. Okay. I'm ready for the... Okay. It was a poem. Just just hit me with it. I'm just going to read the first line (laughs) because this poem 
sickeningly, was mocking the murder of Shirley, the mother of little Steve, who had found his mother. So he writes this. Yeah, because why why the fuck not? He wants credit for it. So he writes a poem. And here's how it goes. Shirley locks, Shirley locks. Wilt thou be mine? That's all I'm going to read. Because fuck you, Dennis. Let me guess. Is he a rhymer? Does he think it rhymes? Like, <laughs> he, he rhymes and like this is not even iambic pentameter, you know? You know, so like, I, I don't know who he thinks he's fucking fooling. Himself. He's like, oh, right. he, <laughs> I, you know, he thinks that he's going to be like up there with the big dogs and writing at some point. Like he really thinks he's just the best at everything. He's the best at getting away with things. He's the best he's at like, writing. Wow, he's the best at I killing. He's the best so at strategizing. Good. He's the best at fucking building and driving trains, I guess. Like, <laughs> He's, he's literally really good at nothing... cops and robbers. He's good at all of it. The only thing he can't do is be anything less than number one in his yeah. mind. That's like it for him. Okay, but this is the best part. When he mailed this poem into the newspaper, mm-hmm. thinking like they're going to publish this and say, we found like the person who killed sure. Shirley, Vianne. Nope. Um, the mail clerk thought it was a Valentine's poem. And so they just... <laughs> oh. he forwarded it to the classified ads and they just printed it in the classifieds which like enraged dennis that had to tear him up oh because he was like that's not a valentine poem it's not roses are red it might as well be it's it's goldilocks goldilocks or whatever (laughs) it was it's a confession to murder and they're like what a dumb valentine we'll put this in the classifieds you know what? I'm so glad I, whoever suggested that. I like to think that they actually did know what it was and they were like, "No, no, we're going to fucking like, humble his ass." Like it's like you don't get that credit. Oh, I just I just can we just remember him as the really bad poet just to piss him <laughs> off? Like <laughs> Well, like instead of BTK, you... not even Dennis. It's just like that guy who like wrote that really terrible <laughs> Valentine was like worse at poetry than like a fifth grade boy who's going through his emo phase. You know, like it's right. just <laughs> really bad. Yeah. So yeah. we're almost done with part one here. He's pissed off that his stupid poem didn't stir a reaction. So in February, he sends a letter to his favorite TV news station, Cake TV, K-A-K-E. And this time his letter is a little more direct than his veiled Shirley Locke's poem and in this Mm -hmm. direct threat he writes how many people do I have to kill before I get my name in the paper or some national attention oh that's pretty damn direct okay that's pretty damn direct it doesn't how many people do I have to kill no but it is iambic pentameter no it is not (laughs) it is not that either um how many people do I have to kill like what a chilling thing to say first of all and how uh, bold. Like, he's like, like that's a guarantee yes. he doesn't think he'll ever get caught. Exactly. He thinks like, oh, I can just keep playing this cat and mouse game and pushing the envelope further and further. And along with this letter, he includes some nicknames, okay? Um, one of them being the Poetic Strangler. Okay, um, so you were fucking onto it. Uh, he tried. He really thought poet- poetry could be his new moniker because after writing btk he said you know what maybe they didn't like my nickname maybe they didn't like btk call me the poetic strangler there's like there's few things worse than nicknaming yourself (laughs) but to have to do it again because no one's taking you seriously it's so embarrassing like not that that's the point right but like he's like oh this this one this one's a slam dunk though this one's gonna get you the other one 
Exactly. Mm. Which, like, that should let Ugh. you know that he's so, so unhinged that, like, he feel- he thinks he's the best. And, but he's all, like, he thinks he's the best, even though he's clearly not the best at fucking naming himself. But he still thinks, oh, well, the next one's going to kill you. Oh, no, you're going to love bad one, words, of, one of these are. Oh, sorry. You want to say it again? Oh, no. I just realized that I said kill you. And I was like, oh, that's not the right phrase. Oh, yeah. But. Then on top of that, like, it's also like such a sad, insecure little boy thing of like, I just want you to like me. Like, I just want you to like, like the name that I pick. It is. And it's so transparent. Like, we can all see how much attention you want. Yeah. And how desperate you need any attention because no one's talking about you. Exactly. And your poems suck. And so the poetic strangler, um, the asphyxiator the garrot phantom the bondage strangler the wichita hangman um you know he tried a few things just imagine he, going to like the coffee shop and you're wondering what the guy next to you is writing in this tiny oh. leathered book oh that's horrifying um, and it's just him writing the asphyxiator with a little stick like, figure of him ew it's like what's another word for strangle hmm but what was it the grotten phantom what was that the garrot phantom which is a garrot is that type of weapon where you have almost like a stick lever to like tighten oh! a rope. Yeah, it's sick. oh, that's fucking it's dark. Pre- it's pretty dark. Um, so after this list of potential nicknames, finally the police were like, "Okay, we gotta tell the public because this guy's just fucking amping things up, ramping things up." So the f- police finally make an official statement to Wichita: there is a serial killer on the loose in Wichita. We have no leads. And he is going to kill again. And that is the end of part one of the BTK killer. You mean the random guy who won't shut the fuck up? The poem, the Dennis, Dennis, who's bad at poetry. Dennis, the horrible poet, the failure in poetry class. Um, Wow. Good, good, good research, Christine. I'm so sorry. That was so fucking long. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Um that's beautiful. I, Thanks, Sam. I feel like I mean if the police are listening, which they're not. <laughs> LOL, but, they stopped a lot. Um I feel like I should try to like vote in like a rule that like if there's a horrible person out there clearly doing things for notoriety, that you just name him something awful. Like just something mm-hmm. so obnoxious just to piss him off because I will say I believe that's more of a media angle. You know, oh, it, media, if you're listening, <laughs> media, media, I think it's more the media that it picks up the name and then it like spreads, you know, because it's quote unquote catchy. Um, but like, like, which I, is unfortunate. I am very pro never naming an assailant or because mm-hmm. they want the notoriety and they don't deserve you mean, like, it. Nicknaming them or like nicknaming naming, them or even naming nickname. them. Like, I mean. If they're on the loose and you have to know what their name is, that's one thing. But right, like, especially sure. like within the world of like all these damn school shootings and like they just Oof. want their name in the paper or something. Like, right? Like, I feel like you should just humble the shit out of them where you can. Yeah, where you can, yeah. you know. But especially like BTK, where he so clearly wanted his name, so clearly Ugh. wanted a name. Just name him like the annoying guy, like just something just to put him in his place for a second like it's the just, only power we have just let us have that one percent of power and that's why that male clerk deserves a trophy yes his stupid poem in the classifieds a genius like f- hang on a second hang on wow that's the male clerk props yeah. good job respect yes 
Uh, well, well done, Christine. Sorry, that was like the length of an entire episode. I apologize. I know that no. this is a lot. So that was that was very well. On. I think for something and someone so um, notorious, even though I don't want to give them that that title, uh, for someone with a lot of information out there that you had to weave through, I'm very proud of you. So well, thank you. Job. That's very nice, and thank you for listening to this like one and a half times or however this ended up working out and jack we're gonna probably send you some beer for editing this because it's <laughs> just like like so much tech stuff happening so much chaos um at one point which i assume we cut out my tummy just said hey Talk, Gotta go. just jumping in say my piece real quick so it's just been a lot or, so i apologize as jimmy neutron would say got a blast <laughs> not a blast indeed uh not to completely steal that tagline but hello um i wow i mean, you just wow you just sent me into outer space with that one um so anyway thanks everybody who if this sounded even remotely clean or normal of an episode like even even cohesive at all please thank um eva search jack 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 jack, jack, who, jack, jack mostly jack, jack. <laughs> mostly jack for mostly putting jack. this all together and um i'm sorry i'm i'm acting like this is my like fucking tour i don't know why i'm saying this, this is like your finale your grand finale I, I just i feel like i'm just so thrilled to get this fucking asshole out of my head um so so that's all unfortunately for everybody him. else you can't get him out of your head yet no, because yet. next week is the second half which we've already second recorded, part so. and i've already done that research so we're done on that no more i don't need to read about him again tonight i'm done i'm so happy for your big brain fart you're gonna have later um oh, i can't wait well i guess we'll leave everybody perfectly uncomfy until next week so Perfect. and that's why we drink BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.